Yeah, well, you know what? I'm the government now. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. What are you doing, Yay? All you need to do is roll it. All that you got to do is just ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and shit. Y'all see some nice and wet. Stop me! Dude, you need to chill. There's no doubt about it. They were going hot wild. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? Spencer just does the fun stuff. Bowl after bowl. Sir Spencer, so sweet. Listen, we may be a little high. They have some of the most soothing voices I've ever heard in podcast. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Lorian. Bowl after bowl. Dame DeLorean. <sighs> Lauren Rose. I, I think it's Lorreen. I think it's Lorian. Oh, Lorian. 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 Well, however you pronounce it, it is a fresh bowl on your Tuesday night. Hope you're feeling all right. It is August 15th, 2023, and this here is episode 263 of Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame... DeLorean, as I say it. And, uh, you're in the bowl, coming from the East Coast. Not the first one we've done from this very room, but it has been a while. A long while. A long while. Many bowls ago. I think it was, uh, two of your birthdays ago. <laughs> you're right. It was. It was a birthday bowl of mine. Mm-hmm. How you like that? I like it a lot. Oh, man. And here we are. We're back again. We'll have to slowly convert this space into a true <laughs> podcasting room, because it is echoey. It definitely is. In fact, I'm going to crank my gate up a little bit so I'm not catching your bleed through into my mic. What do you think about that? Oh, I think that sounds good. Sounds a little bit better. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> pew. <laughs> Which I'm going to try and Pew-hoo. supplement tonight. Uh, yeah? With the pins of correction? I think I can supplement the pew with a little bit of... Uh, oh, damn it. Trick would be to... Remember where I put it, though. Oh, there it is. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the sound you expect when boostograms come in. Yeah, because this is a new live son of a bitch. That's what we like to say. This is a new live son of a bitch. In fact, it's a new, new, new live son of a bitch because we are streaming live on Noster. Oh, well, hello, Noster. Streaming live on Noster for the first time. We love first times around here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's up? Holler at us. If you are listening via Noster, get us a zap and uh, whatever. Whatever's done over there. <laughs> Zap, boost, pinch, twist, 
Leave us a voicemail at 816-607-3663, maybe. Yes. All the good stuff. I've got actually the uh, info scrolling across the top. Uh, there's also the Hot Lips of Booberry's GIF going and yeah. the IRC uh, rolling right there. And uh, Booberry's asking, is there a link? There is... If you go to uh, zap.stream... You should see us there. Also, if you have a Noster client, I think Amethyst supports uh, live stuff. I think that Domus supports live stuff. I think snort.social supports live stuff. And I'm not sure about the others. This is very new to me, too. I'm just kind of stumbling through this shit, as usual. Scissors in the dark. Uh... You know. That's the way we like it. Trying to open up my own uh, skin. Got to dispel the uh, static buildup. You got to, you know. (laughs) Turn up the noise gates. Anything but proper audio engineering. Just break all of the fucking rules is what we like to do. Tuesday Uh, after Tuesday. The only rules that we don't break are the ones that we don't know about yet. But once we find out about them. (laughs) Well, we have... Had a live bowl every Tuesday since we brought the show to Tuesday nights. It's true. It's been over two years now of live uh, Tuesday night shows. But I guess that's a routine rather than a rule. Yeah. True. The only rules we don't break are the ones that we make, I guess. Right? Yeah. Let's go with that. Zap.streamworks, says Sharky. Well, cool. That's fantastic. Works like a charm. What's up? New, uh, new, new ways to put the bowl out there. New ways to pass the bowl. I love it. That's awesome. Fun stuff. Uh, recap stuff. Good God. I feel like we have about an hour of recap stuff. <laughs> Let's condense it down, shall we say? Definitely. We've been on the road since we last spoke. In fact, we left the morning after we last spoke to you bowlers. Uh, right when I published the episode last week, I tore the studio down. I threw it into three separate bags and uh, we brought them all the way out east. Took our time getting out here. It was a three-day journey. Yes. And uh, stopped with some friends along the way so we didn't have to pay for no lodging. Friends and family the whole way out. Amazing. That was nice. Very nice. Incredible. Uh, First night, 210 Mousy Bear. Yep. Friends of the Bowl, they've been buds on a couple occasions now. That's right. And wow, what a fantastic privilege it was to see their uh, homestead in action. Yeah. Uh, Their slice of heaven, as I've called it many times. Totally sovereign, debt-free slice of heaven they've got going on, where they're uh, manifesting their own dream just a bit at a time, piece by piece, until it all comes together. That's what's so cool about it. Uh they kind of took a leap of faith, and um, it was kind of fun. I think that I'll let them fully tell their story, but just as a TLDR of it, um, they had been doing kind of the uh, regular society thing, even though their gut instinct was that like it wasn't genuine. It wasn't genuinely them, and it wasn't like. Uh, the best uh, route that they really believed in. 
But they also had this doubt of like, hey, what if we're just weird, radical people? And uh, that's not like the best opportunity for our kids. What if we want to get them in a good neighborhood and good schools and all the good, you know, system stuff? Yeah. And so they tried it out. Because you can't knock it till you try it, as they say. Precisely. And I think that's a really mature way to approach things is like to, uh, you know, give it an honest shot with an open mind. And uh, like I said, I don't want to delve too much or like put, you know, play telephone with their story. Uh, But they did kind of find out that their initial instincts were pretty much true. And they said that it was that big Tennessee meetup that we all kind of gathered at two Valentine's days ago. Yeah, Valentine's in Nashville. In Nashville, where we all uh, uh, met up. It was a shitload of us, so I don't really want to go through a huge list, but uh, you know, you remember. Um, Yeah, you can look it up on Bowls with Buds even. The Bulls with Buds, uh, we had a bonus bowl, and we had a uh, awesome behind-the-schemes episode that yep. was done live out there as well. And we did a bowl after bowl live out there. And uh, That was s- the inspiration. Yeah, they for- said that was kind of the, hey, this is okay. This is really okay to take this leap of faith. Like, I'm not crazy. There's other people out there who are also, like, building their own dreams outside of the normal mainstream finger wag right way to do it and uh good god man they've been killing it they are out in front yes um inspiring us growing two pound tomatoes yeah if you uh haven't checked it out tunta on nos uh t-j-u-n-t-a has posted some pictures of the monster tomatoes he grew and uh yeah, I had some sweet corn that we just ate raw right off of the... Oh, and it was so good. It didn't taste like any corn I've ever tasted before. Mm-hmm. It had its own unique flavoring going on, which they think might be thanks to the walnuts falling on the ground and releasing their goodness or toxins into the soil. Whatever... Uh, it's tasty. Though. Whatever it is, it's, it's, it, they're nailing it. I think a lot of it just has to do with just the love to put into it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we had some of that. We got to see the whole spot. We got to see their chickens. Yep. We got to see the studio they have set up for painting slash music production. Yep, amazing. We got to, we got to talk a little bit about nodes and uh, decentralized music publication. Just a lovely time. And then we uh, took all of our kids to the park. And had some pizza. And he posted a picture of me next to a Sasquatch sign that said, don't stop believing. And it really summed up everything. That's right. Hold on to that feeling. So that's what we're holding on to. It was funny because right when we got there, the power was out. And so it was actually kind of cool because we just got to sit there in the dark and silence kind of catching up. And then the power came on very shortly after. Yeah. It was awesome. It was like camping. It was. And the power comes on and... Oh, and they had a feast ready for us. Oh, man, they brought out such good food. Yeah, with all homegrown ingredients. My goodness, we're so spoiled. I know, it was ridiculous. We uh, treated like kings. So we love you, Toontin Mousy. Yeah, I love you guys. I just saw that some of their chicks hatched, so we'll probably have to say hello on the way back. That's right. 
Um, Gotta see those baby chicks. Kind of was already planning on it because it was just such a fantastic time, but uh, now it's a definite, definite. And then uh, we continued on East after parting ways with them and uh, crashed with your aunt in Pennsylvania. That's right. My great aunt, who just moved to Pennsylvania a year ago in near Waynesboro. And that was a lovely time also. It was fun. We got to go to a very high cliff. The name of it's called High Rock. <laughs> high Rock. In fact, uh, uh, near the Pennsylvania-Maryland border. Yes, I got up there. I thought, oh, this will be a beautiful view. And immediately realized, wow, I am really high. Wow, I am really high. Couldn't do it, you guys. I couldn't go to the edge. <laughs> Lauren was, was about to shit her pants. No, was like, I was going to throw up begging her to just go to the top stair of this uh, there's stairs that lead up to this ledge and that made it all worse for me it is freaky high up and um the top rock platform thing is kind of curved it curves down yeah. it's like a it's like a hill mound thing and everything is graffitied to shit so there's just layers of layers of paint so Which could like, make it slippery. It just looks smooth and glossy, and yeah, you just look like you. I mean, it even gave me the willies being it's up there like, for sure. You know, well, and on top of that, you brought the wolf pack up there with you, so you've got a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old on the ledge with you. Mm -hmm. And our two-year-old, John, he's rocking back and forth on his hands and knees, and every time he leans forward, the five-year-old is screaming at him, John, don't move! <laughs> Well, it was a little stressful. But then you and the girls... As most adventures are. Yeah, you and the girls went and played out on the rocks by the ledge, different ledges, mm -hmm. uh, without John. He stayed with me, and there's a beautiful woods there, so we went out and played in the woods, <laughs> which I much prefer. And you can, we can see the birds flying below us and the Pennsylvania countryside from the woods without being near the edge. So I did get to enjoy the view and the heights without puking or <laughs> passing out from that vertigo kicking in. I'm such a baby. Yeah. Maybe someday, but... Oh, the, you were freaking all the way out, Looking definitely. at the two-year-old up there, like, really bothered me. <laughs> uh, yes. <sighs> yeah. and But after that... We went to this awesome creamery that had just a playground for all ages outside of it. I mean, they had a maze of wildflowers, like they called it a butterfly maze. And they were hatching and releasing monarch butterflies on top of this. So you could see the whole life cycle of the monarch butterfly, which is really cool for the kids. They had pedal bikes you could race around. Uh, petting zoo area and the ice cream was delicious and then later that night after dinner we went to a place called mikey's which was an arcade and ice creamery there's a theme here with my great aunt and it's ice cream <laughs> but <laughs> all the games were 25 cents or most of them there might have been a few 50 cent games but 25 cents for arcade play was awesome and they did give tickets. Not, they weren't very uh, gracious with the tickets they gave out. You yeah. know, you'd only get like 
one to five tickets, even on a good round of skee ball. <laughs> but regardless, you got 40 tickets and you get a free soft serve ice cream. And then Spence, he smashes the dealer no deal arcade game every time. He can just always follow that suitcase in the game. It's part of your autism, I suppose. Mm. And so you won the big grand $2,000 dealer no deal prize, which is worth a $5 ice cream with <laughs> toppings, you know? The candy cream, they called yeah, it. Yeah, the candy cream, which you, of course, gave to the kids. So that was cool. That was an experience. Yeah, no doubt. And then we drove here to Massachusetts. That's right. And we're staying with my grandparents. We got to visit my great-grandma, or my nana, who I grew up with, and she got to hold baby Sam, who's now eight months old, and that was just awesome. It's been a lovely time. Kind of a taking-it-easy vacation, hanging out with family, but this weekend we're going to some amusement parks, so hoping the weather will be nice. Yeah. Up in New Hampshire. We're going to be hitting our old fun spot stomping grounds. Yeah. Now here I am at fun spot, busting my ass. We'll be busting our asses at fun spot for sure. Busting some serious ass, without a doubt. Um, Yeah, we spent most of yesterday at the beach. That Mm. was fun. Yes, we went to Onset Beach. John became a beach bum in every possible sense. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the back of the vehicle getting him... uh, you know, we're like leaving. So we get him out of the swimsuit and back into civilian garb. And uh, <laughs> pull a, pull his shorts off and then just, I don't know, three handfuls of sand come right out of his butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> right onto the towel. It was just such like a impossibly large dump of sand that everybody <laughs> pretty much lost their uh, composure. Yeah, he really loved the beach. And our oldest really loves the beach. That's part of why we chose this time for our vacation, because her birthday is this weekend. And Mm -hmm. when I asked her what she wanted to do for her birthday, she said, well, I want to go to the beach in Massachusetts. So here we are. Yeah. Massachusetts things. And then uh, haircuts today. Yeah. Johnny's first haircut. That's right. Was decent. Yeah. By the uh, people of CSB, (laughs) the Polish haircutter. That's right. I was going to give him a buzz cut, but you said no. 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 So now he's got a surfer cut. Yeah, he looks like... Back from the the, Shirley Temple, which he was growing. He looks like that bowl cut guy that was on Tosh 2.0 or whatever. (laughs) Oh, I remember that guy, yeah. Or Tosh.0, whatever the hell they call it. Yeah, Tosh.0. Yeah. I don't remember what his shtick was, but he was serious about it. Oh, I really farmed that part hard. Whatever <laughs> yeah. he says he when he fucks up bangs. the bangs. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, just like his little hair flip curl thing, you know, he's got going on. Yeah, it's cute. But buzz cuts. Mm. Oh, start from scratch, you know, let it grow out. No way. This is no your way. trauma. I had to deal with that shit and, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're like, no, my son will always have long, flippy hair. I just hated it, Dang that's it. all. But not a bowl cut. If he one day wants to get a buzz cut, then I don't care. But when he's like too young to even speak, I don't want to put that horror upon him. <laughs> don't want to put that horror upon him. Oh, man. Speaking of horror upon us, 
the note is down currently. Oh, some Christ. some L and D issue that I can't really put my uh, finger on exactly. Uh, the blockchain is syncing up fine, but uh, L and D is just having a rough time. Many such cases, according to the Raspy Blitz Telegram. So I don't know. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it in the shit stain. Uh, did onboard a yet another artist. That's been a hell of a long time in the waiting, so that's nice to finally happen. Uh, I guess that could be more in the shit stain too. Pod fans, uh, I got accepted into this pod fans thing. Pod fans. Pod fans, maybe fans uh, for your pod. Wow. Maybe somebody can explain this a little bit better to me. Uh, cause I've just been kind of perusing it and I don't really understand it. I know it's like super alpha right now. Just super getting alpha. Just getting started. Um, but yeah, I got my wait. My wait list was over. So now I'm in wow. pod, pod fans. I don't know what's, uh, going on in there, but, um, you can make a profile. I don't really know where to make one for me or make one for the show. Mm itself uh you can connect it with albi it's like powered by albi i don't know if it's written by albi or just integrates albi as the wallet situation i'm not 100 percent sure what the purpose overall is i know it's one of these podcasting 2.0 tools yeah i looked it up because i had never even heard of it Mm -hmm. uh because i live under a rock and it's a PodFans is a podcasting marketplace where listeners discover the podcasts they love, but only pay the price they want for the value they receive. So it sounds value for value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the idea. I just for getting in there got like some automatic sats going on, which was fun. Uh, in fact, let me take a peek at that. I can just pull it up right here. I have the technology. At my fingertips. We have the technology. Can you believe it? Uh, it is... Let me see here. Oh, I, I connected my twatter. Hey. So, okay, here we go. Uh, activate wallet. They gave me 100 sats for doing that. Join, another 100 sats. Uh, activate Twitter, another 100 sats. Vote, 10 sats. Suggest, 10 sats. Become a fan, 10 sats. This so is on I'm, pod fans? I'm like clicking around, just getting uh, zats. Wow. Uh, or sats zapped. I don't know how. I don't zats? <laughs> zits. I'm getting zits and they're uh, inflamed. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm interested. I don't know. I heard some people talking about it and I've been so scattered and brain fucked that I don't even remember who or when or where. I just remember, oh yeah, doesn't take, somebody said, doesn't take long for you to be on the wait list and get approved. And so I said, okay. And then just yesterday I got in. Neat. So now, so now I'm in. Somebody tell me what I need to do over there. Spencer at bullafterbull.com. Uh, what else have we been getting done? Oh, I'm in Stephen Graham's, uh, or excuse me, <laughs> Stephen Xander Graham Bell. Uh, Stephen Bell's Telegram Hell is what I have written down in my notes. And it's uh, Stephen has made this awesome telegram with... All of his products uh, have each of a channel in there. So if you need troubleshooting on CurioCaster or on Sovereign Feeds or on Ellen Beats or on Music Side Project uh, or on the Split Kit, there they are, five. He's got five tools out there. It's crazy. It's hard to keep track of. Uh, 
but not anymore because he's got a telegram portal. Very nice. And so now instead of going to the Wavelink telegram and asking about all of Stephen Bell's stuff, you could go to Stephen Bell's telegram uh, and get troubleshooting directly there, which is nice. That's cool. The but Wavelink telegram for the past two weeks has just been pretty much exclusively talk about self-publishing and how to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> no big deal. Uh, Steven was a little bashful about it, and he's like, oh, I don't want to be clogging up Wavelink's telegram. Uh, and so he made his own, which is uh, nice and courteous. That's awesome. And me, I just, I've just been a- answering questions that people ask in there. I don't really, you know, I just, I don't even look at the channel that it's in. If I see a question about decentralized music, I just answer it to the best of my ability. I don't give a fuck which channel it's in. Amen. Fist bump. So that's been fun. But of course this requires downloading Telegram. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know. know. Yeah. I'm not into that. Not medical advice. <laughs> not medical advice. It is cool to have a place where you can ask a question and immediately get a response, though, from the creator mm-hmm. of the tool you're using. The, Stephen B. is a badass. He is. He's a badass. We'd love to talk to him mm-hmm. on the Bulls with Buds. I'm trying to find out if uh, there's a good time for him or a good day. Kind of massaging it in. But we have to be... Future plans. We have to be cool and chill with Stephen B. in the bowl. We're always cool and chill in the bowl. Yeah, I know. You're looking at me funny. It's me. I'm the problem. You're just like, uh, you know. (laughs) Not cool. (laughs) Thanks. Big loser over there. public enemy number one. (laughs) You just can't uh, whip your titties out like it's a no agenda meetup. Uh, I... My clothes are over there. Maybe I can the, put them on. Maybe the post show. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. We got to uh, ease him into it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. They're just boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now we'll never get him as a guest. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> uh, no. Well, it was nice being your co-host. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm sure. Uh, also, <laughs> something fun. I resurrected Ablecraft uh, almost completely. So Ablecraft had a temporary grave that it was lying in. Yeah, I was sad to hear about that. Yeah, I kind of... The reason I even found out was we were talking, I can't even remember with who, on the Fediverse, about decentralized music, as we do. And I was like, yeah, if you want to like hear the history of how we put this album out, just check out Ab- Ablecraft. We made a podcast about you know, the whole writing and producing and, and uh, publishing process. It's 37 episodes, I want to say. I just went through the feed and like hand, <laughs> hand resurrected it. Nice. Uh, what had happened was, what had happened was, it was with Bud Sprout. We were doing Bud Sprout, and it's funny because actually, in the first episode, we talk about uh, and Abel asked, you know, what what service should we use? Uh, we went with Bud Sprout because at the time they were quickly implementing a lot of the podcasting 2.0 features, uh, although they had not implemented the value tag when we started. Now, by the time we finished, I believe that they had, but. Uh, Abel Kirby was kind of the pilot for that. He was the uh, kind of the head mojo man in charge 
Uh, it was his project, his idea, and he brought me in and that kind of thing. So he was running the feed and he was doing the subscription, the recording and everything. Has all the files. So um, he was like, uh, yeah, we've got the, we've got the Buzzsprout. We decided to do that. And then, like I said, they didn't support the value tag back then. So we used Podcaster Wallet to just add our feed and hack it in manually. And then I remember I even had to get in contact with Dave Jones directly to get the split working because at the time, Podcaster Wallet just had one field for a pub key and that was it. So you had to just pick a pub key. You couldn't even split 50-50 with somebody or whatever. Uh, now, Podcaster Wallet's a little more sophisticated, so you can put in your own splits. But, I mean, we were just out there running with scissors, doing it before shit worked, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that was kind of part of it. Well, by the end, uh, I didn't really get the full details, but essentially the subscription, he just canceled. Um, mm. We really weren't, I mean, once we stopped doing episodes, I mean, we did our final episode. There was the final Ablecraft months ago. Uh, yeah, after the album was released. Yeah, we did kind of one retrospective or, you know, where are they now kind of thing a, a few weeks down the line. And then that was kind of the final one. We put it to rest. I think it was like at the very beginning of this year. And uh, yeah, he was like, you know, why am I going to keep, rightly so, he was like, why am I going to keep paying this monthly thing for, we're done, you know, it's over. Um, but then through that Fetty conversation I had, so the reply was, hey, I searched for Ablecraft and nothing's coming up. And I was like, oh shit. And so I looked and wasn't in the index, wasn't anywhere, so... I called uh, Abel Kirby. He was like, hey, yeah, you know, can you get around to putting it somewhere else? Or he was like, you know, I can just send you all the stuff if you want to just throw that up. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm going to throw it up. I want to. So I just threw up all the MP3s and I took the old BuzzFeed RSS and just stripped it all the way down and then re-added stuff in to point to the new files, made new GUIDs for everything because it's kind of like a new... I mean, it's the same show and the same episodes, and I don't really, that's that's my one of my biggest blind spots in the whole podcast spec, is like, GUIDs. Gooey GUIDs. Gooey GUIDs. Uh, <laughs> I understand what they do. A GUID is a globally unique identifier, okay? So it's a hash random number, and there's a few different inputs for entropy, but basically it gives you a random number as the output and then that random number uniquely identifies there's one for the channel so the podcast itself the show has one and then each item or each episode has one as well and it seems like depending on what your host is everybody does that episode level one differently it's like uh, all of the buzzsprout ones have the word buzzsprout at the beginning of them mm. um for ours we still are on podbean i know <sighs> i'd be I've been saying for years that we're going to get off Podbean and still working on it. Um, those ones have like a, a URL link as part of their GUID or something. So the GUID thing is not very standardized as to how it's supposed to look or what format it's in. It just needs to be unique. That's like the main rule. Uh, but it's also part of how the time value splits work and how, for instance, on Boostagram Ball, Adam Curry can play a song... And that song is connected to a GUID for the feed and a GUID for the song and can remote item look up what proper value block is over there 
and honor it. So using that identifier is how you kind of make sure you've got the right stuff, essentially. So I don't know. That's another thing is like, if you're moving services, I know that there is a way, in fact, Dave Jones and Boobery recently demonstrated there's a way to switch over the feed differently, but I'm not sure if the GUID changes or the GUID remains the same or how the the GUID thing is supposed to work. <laughs> I totally effed up the uh, stay a while GUIDs because originally I'd published those without any GUIDs at all. Ooh. And so they weren't working in all of the apps. Ooh. Um, or maybe it was that they worked at first and then they broke eventually. I... I'm like I said, this is like my big blind spot in the spec. I don't know the implications of having versus not having GUIDs, changing GUIDs as you go along, that sort of thing. So uh, I just spun up totally new ones that are unique because I'm kind of redoing it. And now it's sitting there forever permanently in one spot. And really, the main reason you pay a host is to kind of have the storage to keep adding stuff week after week, right? Right. And since we're not adding stuff anymore, I figured this is sort of like a just a much longer version of the album we already did. And that can just sit on my web server. Yeah. So that's what's going on now. It's like on a subdomain of ableandthewolf.com. And uh, you can now search Ablecraft in all of your favorite nude podcast apps and uh, enjoy it. Yay. And the value split is uh, going again 50-50 as it should be to myself and Abel Kirby. And we did get some boosts that I'll read later on from that, too. So That's awesome. That's back, uh, except for episode 15. So I still need to uh, call Abel and see if he has episode 15 stashed somewhere, because it was not in the oh. archive that I got from him. Ooh, or maybe there's, you could put a bounty on episode 15 yeah. if someone out there was an Abelcraft collector. Yeah, if you've got uh, episode 15 of Abelcraft laying around somewhere. An archivist. Some cached uh, version. On your favorite pod device, <laughs> then uh, let me know because uh, as of right now, that episode fifteen will be broken. Oh, and episode! I'm, sh- 15. I'm sure it was a crucial part of the whole storyline. It's the rare shiny holographic Abelcraft That's episode. Right. Yes, the most rare of all Abelcrafts. Episode fifteen, the rarest craft. Uh, but all other episodes are available, which is is a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm happy to see it back on. And now you can point people in that direction when talking about self-hosting your own music. <laughs> yeah, and I won't look like a dumbass when I say, oh, go listen to Ablecraft. And people are like, what? Yeah, I <laughs> Able did some, who? did some test boosts. And yeah, since my node is uh, choding out, I've got my Albi wallet in there for right now. And hey, maybe that'll change. I don't know. Fingers crossed. We will definitely resurrect the uh, node, but it's yeah, just absolutely. hard to do when you're half a con- continent away. Yeah. That's all. That's all. You know what's easy to do, no matter where you are in the world, though? What? Thanks, and bowlers. Yeah, the bowlers are awesome. The bowlers keep the bowl lit Tuesday after Tuesday. And we got to thank them right up front, because they are so valuable to us. This is a value-for-value production. What's that supposed to mean? It means a bowl after bowl is put out there for you to enjoy... Free of charge. All we ask is that you think about what it's worth to you. And you give that value back at some point. 
And of course, it doesn't have to be in a monetary amount. I mean, it can be streamed in sats. It can be fiat fun coupons to our PayPal, which you can find at bullafterbull.com on the bottom of every page. You won't go to hell if you send money. But also art, news stories, voicemails on our 816-607-3663 line. That's all value, baby. The Bowl After Bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. Yes. And uh, we do have somebody to thank from the PayPal side of the world. Uh, Circus Media hit us again with his monthly 1111. All right. Thanks, Circus Media. That just came in this morning. So that is much appreciated, sir. And that uh, situation can be set up. If you go to bullafterbull.com, anywhere that you are on the site, the footer has a donate button. So just scroll to the very bottom. You'll see the donate button. And you too can do a one-time or a recurring dealio, which is really nice because we have all the bills set up to come out from there. So all of the hosting and all of the servers that we run and all that good stuff. Yeah, like how Ablecraft got resurrected. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, But, you know, the new madness, the new hotness, that's always going to remain the podcasting 2.0 way of doing things, which is the Lightning Network and little pieces of Bitcoin. Sats, baby. Some people stream them, some people boost them, some people send a boostagram, which is just a boost with a message attached. And... Uh, some people zap us, too. Uh, I've, I have been posting the episode every week on uh, my personal Noster account, just the same way that I do the tweet and toot routine. And uh, I do want to shout out Joshua Dennis, because he usually boosts us every time. Uh, or I should say zap, because uh, zap is just the way that Noster does boost. It's the same fucking thing. It's called Cinda Satoshis, right? Yeah. But uh, the term is different. And I suppose technically the protocol is different too uh, in a technical sense. But I don't want to get too into the weeds because it's kind of boring. Uh, really? I think it's quite exciting. Yeah? Well, I just mean the difference between a zap and a boost. And also, thanks, JD, over there on Oster zapping us. Yeah, That's much cool. a- much appreciated. Uh, and now, just like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are also streaming live on Noster. Noster has a relatively new live streaming protocol. Uh, and so we are using zap.stream to stream live. Uh, but you can get uh, that stream from anywhere that supports the live streaming protocol. It doesn't have to just be uh, zap.stream. It can be, uh, I believe Amethyst. I believe, uh, there's a few others that support it. Um, I want to say snort.social. I want to say, uh, what did I others? Uh, oh yes. Uh, Domus, which is, uh, as far as I know, still Apple only mm. RIP, but, uh, there's a lot of different clients and more and more are adopting those, uh, all the time as things go on. So, uh, we're just kind of testing that out, and this is our first night with that going on. But uh, you can zap us that way as well, and also give the bowl a follow out there in Noster World. Yes, hello, Noster World. <laughs> now, usually you hear a little bowling strike throughout the show. Uh, sounds a little bit like... 
somewhere in there. My audio levels are really lovely this this evening. Uh, but tonight you hear like the second half of the pew sound, the OG pew. Remember the pew? We yeah. never hear the pew anymore. <laughs> uh, that's the helipad's default sound. And so, you know, since my note is taking a little bit of time off. Uh, You're using mine. I'm using yours. Relying on mine. Relying, leaning heavily on your helipad. Uh, and so I wanted to read some boosts and catch up on the boosts since last show. Uh, I do have some boosts also available from my node up until before it went down, which I want to look at because some Boostagram ball stuff came in as well. And um, what we usually do to get to the beginning of this journey is we usually go back in time to six days ago. When we see the Harvat boost, and indeed there it is. Our delineator. 1420 sats from Harvat out of Curiocaster. He hit us uh, on the outro, as usual. So thank you, Harvat. Thank you, Harvat. We also got uh, 3333 from Bully Steed. Bully Bully. Also known as Bully Steed. Bully Steed boosting the Boostagram Ball episode two. And she says, making beans OG respect uh we also got five thousand sats from bubba also boosting boostagram ball so that was hitting the uh, making beans song uh and he said pp folks food so thank you bubba out of fountain for that uh lovely boost and uh pp folks <laughs> pp folks food <laughs> mm. tastes good uh <laughs> frank the beads yeah, it's it's wonderful. Uh, but we also had uh, starting about nine hours ago, three hundred thirty-three sats from Anonymous was boosting episode two sixty-two. There, the last one that we did oh. go to this pills. Thanks, Anon. Anon out of Curiocaster. So thank you. I don't know if uh, they were just testing something or what was going on there, but uh, you would have seen the <laughs> the payment to my node fail. Fail, fail, fail. Uh, now, though, it's also pointing at the Albi wallet. So all your boosts right now, I'm getting my piece. So no worries at all. You don't have to fret. Luckily, we have backups to the backups, and we can do uh, a lot of cool, fun things. Uh, 3333 next up from Make Heroism. He's coming in out of Fountain. He's boosting that live tag from Fountain. He says, howdy, bowlers. We're going to be playing games this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Cosme. I think I'm saying that right. Cosme? K-O-S-M-I. That's right. Uh, you can go to Cosme.com slash hyperspaceout. All one word. K-O-S-M-I dot com slash hyperspaceout. That's where the stream is. Uh, he says, hope you guys can join us. P.S. Hope your vacation is going well. So far, so great. Yeah. Actually, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, technical difficulties aside, which, you know, that's just part of uh, the price of doing business in our modern uh, society. What can I say? We live in a society. Yes, we live in a society. Thanks, Make Heroism. Appreciate you. Yeah, if you want to join along in the uh, games, it's been a lot of fun. You will need two screens or two windows of some sort. And the best way to do it is just computer plus phone either desktop setup or laptop setup but uh 
I have found that is the best way. You can also do a little alt-tab action if you're a whiz, uh, whiz boy. But the deal is you're going to need one uh, instance where the Cosme uh, stream is playing, because that's where you can actually watch and hear the game and all of the people that are playing together. And then you'll also need another browser tab window uh, or ideally device. It's easiest to just whip your phone out while you're doing this. Because that will go to jackbox.tv where you can log in and actually be a participant in the game itself. And uh, yeah, that's all you need. What if you want to observe? Can you do it with just one screen? You can. You can just go to Cosme and observe. You can also do two screens and just observe as an audience member, by the way. So you can play along in the audience. But yes. The oh, short the answer audience is yes. can play? Cool. The audience can play. It's kind of a limited options uh, if you're the audience member. But yes, you can be a part of the game and still get scored with points and all that kind of stuff. Nice. It's really fun. Really good time. Uh, the best part of it is that all your friends are there. So we really appreciate Make Heroism and Mary-Kate Ultra hosting that. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I've been to most of the last few. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Might not have been able to make last Sunday. Did they do it again last Sunday? I don't Sunday? know. I don't know. I lose track because of everything. Uh, I haven't had a token in three days. I'm starting to go insane. Is that insane. pen dead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh. dead. It's deader than a doornail. Uh, you know who's not dead, though? Harv Hat. He hit us with 4269. Right when he saw the live tag, I'm pretty sure, he sees that pod pin uh, go out that announces to the whole world we're live, and he's like, ooh, there's my cue. 4269 sets from the podcast index this time. He's always hopping around place to place you never know where that boost is going to come from you just know who it's going to come from and that's harv hat we appreciate you very much brother uh we all also appreciate the dirty dirty jersey whore jersey. <laughs> Jer- dirty dirty are you whore. sure i think you just hit the bowl pretty hard there i'm telling you man this is what happens when i run out you didn't <laughs> there's so much around hey man this is what happens when i run out of steam uh, 19,760 sats, uh, which deserves, I believe, its own little, yeah, oh, hit it with some oomph. Uh, thank you, DJW. He's hitting us out of fountain. He says, boosting this new live son of a bitch, which, uh, I guess deserves this. This is a new live son of a bitch. He says, I'm soaking up some of this cool weather in Northern Michigan. Y'all be good. Oh, nice. Everybody's on vacation. That's what I've learned. Like right now, everybody just decided, fuck it. Let's all go on vacation at one time. It's like a giant game of musical chairs. Nobody is home right now. The only people that are home are people who have guests in their house who are traveling. It's crazy. It's wild. Uh, We also all like working from uh, our vacations too. It seems like just like doing too much stuff, getting things done. Not letting it go, not letting the to-do list uh, just flow. I feel like I'm doing more <laughs> on this vacation than I usually do at home. Well, that's good, because uh, I think that's kind of what you seem to want it was, with it this w- vacation. It was part of my plan, was to like keep the, keep the balls being juggled. I didn't want to set them down for three weeks, you know? Yeah. And so that's definitely been going down. Uh, next up, we had 69, 69 sets. Ooh. 69! 69, dudes! That's coming from none other than Hey Citizen, who, uh, in fact, just sang out loud 
reminds me that uh, we usually play this jingle just to lead into this thing that he made, Hey Citizen made, the boost jingle. I'm gonna boost some sides. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. And he, of course, said, you've got karma. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Hey Citizen. And man, Hey Citizen is fucking awesome. He is. So valuable. Serious dude. Another Jackbox player, by the way. So you may see him on Sunday. Maybe not. Maybe. It's always a rotating cast of characters. Uh, but I have played Jackbox with him on multiple occasions. Thanks to uh, Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra. Uh, another 6969 came in from him. Oh. 69 69 dudes and that's both of them uh from podverse by the way i don't know if i said that last time but uh this one just says the pins <laughs> the pins uh, i got a pin on backup hey if even if we got to manually manualize the pins you know yeah we, the, the automation it doesn't always work you know mm-hmm. But it's the dream, and we just kind of try to inch closer towards the dream. Will we ever get there? Frankly, I hope not, because I like improving. I like keeping going, climbing, you know? Uh, If I'm ever fully arrived, I'll start to get nervous, because it's probably time for me to die. Yeah, (laughs) no kidding, or you're already dead. Or maybe I'm just very, (laughs) very old, and it's time to retire, and maybe like... Not quite die yet. Have some fun first. But, you know, it's going to be time. It is time. To hang the hat up, at least. And, uh, yeah, not anytime soon are we going to be there, let's say. Still building all this shit, so. Yeah, the pins. we got to manually push the pins. But uh, Here on the bowl after bowl lanes. That's right. We're picking up pins by hand, damn it. Uh, a couple more. Uh, one... One, 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 that's four ones, four Richards in a satchel from at Mere Mortals Podcast. That's our buddy Kyron Down Under. Yeah, thanks, Kyron. Kyron Down. Uh, Angel number, 1111. 1111 out of Fountain is where he's boosting. He says, I just did a value for value episode explaining what V for V music is and why it's revolutionary. Hope you don't mind that I played Making Beans. I've put you and Abel Kirby in as 5% splits. Ah, thank you, sir. Very cool. I really need to update the damn value tags temporarily for that album, I think, because I'm not going to see any of these boosts coming in for Boostagram Ball or for uh, his V for V show uh, if I don't yeah. do that. So, yeah, whatever. More more uh, fun for me that I've created for myself, really. Uh, finally, 17,777,770,706 sats. One seven 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 six. Yeah, that's that's what I said. Uh, from Booberry. Boo. That's his calling card. It's the extended freedom boost. One seven 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 six. Out of Boost CLI, boosting from his own node, which works. That's how he flexes. You know, he's just showing off. Ah, uh, the most sovereign way to boost. Booberry doing some dick wagging. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go ahead, boob. <laughs> no, Wag it, I, baby. I just feel so stupid <laughs> right now with my shit. Uh, my shit's a wreck and. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it in just a bit. But uh, Booberry, he says, the Gooid magic was crazy. Built a new feed with music side project, grabbed the Gooids from Wave Lake, popped those little fuckers in, Dave flipped the freaking switch, and boom, it was done. That means the VST, 
from past BTS and PC 2.0 of Rusty Gate still work? Dope. So that means the value, the value time split from former Behind the Schemes and former Podcasting 2.0 pointing to this will still work because the GUIDs still match. Wow. So if you change the GUIDs, you change the destination and you break the chain of command. Makes sense. I'm starting to get it now. I, I grep that a little bit better. Thank you, Booberry, yeah. for, your, for your explanation. And Booberry, by the way, is so fucking inspirational to us all. Uh, he's out there in front, just doing crazy things. And um, I really appreciate you keeping the fire in the uh, decentralized music scene specifically. And also just being the one out uh, in front running with scissors on uh, value time splits. Because I haven't even cracked that uh, nut yet. I haven't even looked at it. So uh, I'm very excited to try and get into it. I just feel like there's a, a little bit of backlog I got to clear out before I bite it off. But um, let's say I'm going to hit them uh, value time splits before I get to the cross app comments. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Love and, you, uh, and that's the boosts up to the minute. Although I do actually want to pop open the Albi here because mm. uh, when I put Ablecraft back on... Uh, I did point to the Albi for that, and some people did come in, uh, a couple. Nice. Which I wanted to see and talk about here. Let's see here. Oh, uh, thank you, Legend, from Chris Winsky. I appreciate that. He boosted me some sats for my time getting his RSS feed on. Uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. Which I might as well just talk about right now. Okay. Uh, since this is a, he 85,200 sats which I didn't ask for nothing in return, but I appreciate the boost very much. Uh, he just was like, what's your, what's your get Albi address? And he just uh, sent it to that lightning address, which is also a nice way to have available some just, you know, generic, it looks like an email address, a lightning address. So um, Sir Spencer at getalbi.com is one of several that I have. Uh, I also have one from Zebedee. I don't remember the one exactly. I think it's Lango at zbd.gg, but yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what the And then the Fountain user. Fountain.fm. If you have a Fountain account, then you automatically have one. It's your Fountain username, so mine's Sir Spencer over there also. Sir Spencer at Fountain.fm. Uh, those lightning addresses are awesome because you can just directly send somebody and you don't need to go track down some kind of complicated pub key or <laughs> ask them to make you an invoice. You can just go, oh, there's this easy-to-remember Lightning address, it looks exactly like an email address, and I just use that. It's static, it never changes, but it's still secure, it's nice. So I appreciate that. Uh, I've been talking to Chris for probably around two years about decentralized music. He's been, uh, that's when he started coming to the, the Bitcoiners, the KC Bitcoiners meetings. And, you know, he's a musician, and he's like, I really envision putting uh music out and being able to have you know people zap uh, or send sats zaps weren't a thing back then but people send sats to it you know send bitcoin to it yeah and i was like funny you mentioned that because we've been working on that my, my music partner and i are doing that right now you know this is before the album was even published wow yeah uh so i was like you know listen to my podcast it's like we'd run down the whole thing uh and then 
you know, he comes back a little bit later, a few months later, and he's like, you know, I'm really thinking about trying to put music out and have people send Bitcoin to it. And I'm like, yeah, I know. We talked about this and you should listen to my podcast. And then we published the album and I was so excited. I was jazzed. We finally got uh, Stay A While published Christmas Eve of 2021. And I was like, here it is. It's out. You can listen to it in any of the podcast apps. It's out there. You can send Bitcoin to it right now. It's live. It's, we did it with this RSS feed. He's like, very cool. Wow. How does this work? And I'm explaining it to him, you know. And, and if you go to ableandthewolf.com, there's a pretty good rundown. There's a night, we did a, uh, Abel Kirby and I kind of co-wrote the, the uh, V for V write up there about kind of our mission and what it means and why we're doing this thing in the first place. Uh, our vision, if you will, for the whole thing. And so, you know, it was, it was just like, uh, and this isn't single out Chris, like literally everybody I have talked to about this, who is a musician who wants to do this. <laughs> I start to explain how everything works and how you put it together and their eyes just kind of glaze over and I, it's, it's hard to tell when they stop hearing what you're saying, but you know it's happened at some point. And it's like, I've been trying over these past two years to try and refine the message and here's my, here's my uh, crux here. I don't want to dumb it down. I don't want to dumb it down because I don't want to dumb people down. Yeah. People need to be smartened up not dumbed down and so i don't really like how the constant drive is to dumb this down for average people like the usability can definitely be improved there's no doubt about that but to dumb it down i think is totally unnecessary and i think that that is the tendency that we've had over the last 30 years in computing plus certainly in my entire lifetime We've had this, well, we have to dumb it down so that regular people can understand it. And I don't think so. I think that we need to inform regular people and just get better at teaching regular people what it means to run a web server, you know, and not uh, not like set one up physically in your house necessarily, but just to like rent a host, get a, get a web host. Uh, I've used DreamHost for like over a decade. Um. There's a bunch out there. You don't have to use DreamHost. There's like HostGator. There's uh, IO Died or whatever the hell they're called. If you just search cheap web hosts, you know, you'll find a bunch of fucking listicles comparing and contrasting them all, and you can pick one that you like. I just happen to use DreamHost, and I'm used to it. But uh, hosting your own files, it's just a, a folder that's sitting on a web server, a folder that's sitting on the internet that everybody else can see, Right? And so if you can throw MP3s and one RSS feed on that web server, you can have an album out there. You can have a podcast out there. You don't even really need shit else. It's nice to also have images for album art and for uh, each individual track can have its own album art. It's nice to have SRT files for lyrics. But those really are optional extras. The bare bones is just the music in, in the feed. All you really need. And it sits on a folder that everybody can reach because it's online. It's really not any more complicated than that. So, um, anyway, I, I really appreciate Stephen Bell, too, because he has made tools that kind of bridge that gap. They, uh, for instance, Sovereign Feeds and Music Side Project, they both exist to allow you to Build an RSS feed using a web form, which you're much more comfortable with, so you don't have to actually learn the syntax of XML to write an RSS feed. 
you can just pop in the name of the song. You can click a button and upload the music file. And you can make those feeds. Uh, but it doesn't compromise on the sovereignty, on owning your own shit. There's no compromise there. You still are in control of your art and where it is and who gets the value. And that, I think, is the most crucial thing. Uh, as, as we have this whole Wavelake rollout, and I've said my piece about Wavelake time after time, uh, I don't really want Wavelake to become the enemy or anything like that. The problem is just that Wavelake currently doesn't work for certain situations, like what we found ourselves in with Stay A While. With Stay A While, we have agreements between Abel Kirby and myself and then all of the artists that did artwork for the individual tracks. And that agreement is that you get this percent, you get this percent, I get this percent. And in order to honor those agreements, we wrote the uh, value tag out that anybody can see. If you go to our RSS feed, you can read them. The numbers are black and white right there. You can look them up at any time. And all of the apps honor that. The problem is with Wavelike, I have no way to programmatically do that. So we would have to pay Wavelake 10% off the top of everything. And then we would have to withdraw from Wavelake to some account and then do math. Uh, we would also not have any idea who was boosting which song necessarily. Uh, and it just is all a mess. The whole point of this from the beginning is programmatic money. We, we set it up one time in the beginning. And then from there, it's good. Everybody who boosts that, it all gets divided up how we agreed from the beginning. So I've said this many times, I don't think Wavelake's going to work like that forever. In fact, Wavelake has already majorly changed how they work a couple of times, at least. Uh, they used to do that micro uh, paywall. Uh, I called it a micro-socialized paywall, but it was basically a jukebox-type situation that they started out as. And they've drastically changed from that. They didn't used to incorporate RSS into anything they did. So I think they'll change over time. Uh, but it's nice to have artists who are saying, no, we want to self-host our stuff because that's where the power lies. If we really actually want to change the music industry and how things work and stop getting fleeced, we can't give up our negotiation power. And if you just say, all right, well, you know, this tech stuff is too complicated. I don't want to deal with it myself. I don't want to learn anything. I don't know enough. I promise it's not that hard to learn, but the power lies in you deciding what the value split is and you updating the value split and you and your band and whoever your shareholders are being in total control of that. And does that include being able to V for V somebody in because they host your stuff? Absolutely. I'm not saying that 10% is an unreasonable cut for Wavelake to ask for or for artists to agree to. I think there's plenty of situations where that's a great deal, in yeah. fact. 10% to the big guy. 10% to the big guy, you know, uh, it beats the shit out of Spotify still. But the problem with it is you're trusting them 100% and forever. And so they can change it down the road. They can, you know, there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And I'm not even saying that there's a probability that they will. What I am saying is that you can guarantee that never happens. You actually have the power if you choose to accept it, if you choose to demand it. And if we want to change how the music industry has worked from the past, 
where artists are exploited and their value is captured and then they're allowed to just keep some arbitrary part of that value, uh, the basic mechanism there has not changed from uh, the Wave Lake setup currently. Now, the percentage has changed wildly and you can argue that and I'm, I have no argument there. But the problem is we need as artists to demand that we are in control of the value. And so um, that's why self-hosting in, in my mind is very important. And uh, I'm going to keep fighting for self-hosted stuff. Yeah. And I appreciate Chris being a, a, a newcomer in that. It's been well, awesome. So what changed? You got Abel and the Wolf published Christmas 2021. Well. Or the website went up and... Um, the album was out, Stay mm -hmm. a While, and it, did it click with Chris then? Well, uh, Chris came to a couple more meetings and he said, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to publish music so that people can send me Bitcoin for the music. Oh. <laughs> and I said. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. You know, I just, I just keep saying the same thing over and over, which is, I guess, what you, what you got to do. That's kind of part of the, the game, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he was just in a good spot, I think. I think he's wanted to do this for a long time, and he just, uh, it's it's like me, you know? I, I want to get the new website out. And how long have I been talking about that and not producing it? Like, it's just a similar thing. We're, we're, we're similar in the way that we have too much going on, and we want to take on more at the same time. And uh, it was just the magic weekend where he kind of posted, he posted in, I think, like seven different Telegram channels, <laughs> Does anybody want to help me <laughs> make an RSS feed and self-publish music? And I was oh, like, nice. I was like, my man, I've been waiting for a couple of years for you to ask this. I've yes. been waiting. I'm ready. And so I spent a couple hours with him uh, getting that published. Uh, and in fact, uh, American and American in Montreal is what you need to search for uh, for that single that he has self-published. You can look for it. In all of the nude podcast apps, uh, you can find it on podcastindex.org as well. Uh, Ellen Beats is kind of my go-to for music these days, uh, and you can boost him directly. And I even helped him by hosting some of those files on my own server while he gets the server thing figured out. Nice. Something else that I've figured out, uh, both Steven and I have discovered this while trying to onboard people, uh, and we talked about this a lot with Fletcher too, if you're using something like Wix or WordPress or Squarespace, these are services that help you build a website, but they're not necessarily services that help you host files or be a full-fledged web host, right? Right. So if you Google, give me a website, these are going to be the top services that come up because it's kind of a WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get, uh, website builder where... It's dumbed down. Again, we're talking about dumbing it down so people have access. But when you dumb it down, you give everybody less control over what's going on. And so the big issue was it's there's not really a mechanism for all of these services where you can specifically upload an RSS feed and then update it and change it. Uh, because how they're set up is they associate an RSS feed with a blog and so they're like, okay, you have a blog now with Squarespace, or you have a blog now with WordPress. And then if you make a new blog post, that's a new item in the RSS feed we make for you. And you're like, no, no, I've got my items over here. The RSS feed doesn't have to do with my blog. It has to do with this podcast, or it has to do with this music album, right? And there's just no 
communication there between you and those services. So that's why you need an actual web host, a web host like DreamHost or HostGator or all the ones I rattled off. Or uh, that's what you need not a not a website provider necessarily, but a web host. And so uh, we were trying to get these files up on his Squarespace, and there's just no way mm. to really do it. Uh, if you b- somehow manage to get the MP3 files thrown up, the problem is that the cores policy will not allow other apps to fetch those uh, items from oh. from the server. And so if CurioCaster wants to play an MP3 that's hosted on Squarespace, it'll say, no, cores blocked this. You can't. You can't. And you can't customize the cores policy for their stuff either. Mm. So it's it's a walled garden. It's saying, all right, you can upload MP3s to Squarespace, but people got to go to your website on Squarespace in order to play those, so or else, no. The next generation is not going to be pointed in the direction of Wix and WordPress and all that shit. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. No, we need to steer away from those kind of things and, and, and host our own shit. Definitely host our own shit. So yeah, that that was kind of the pain points that we went through, and I've gone through it with other people. It's it's tough because this isn't in the lexicon, and really, I think there's a lot of reasons for this. But the biggest the biggest blame or the biggest frustration I have is with the education system. Like they have us, they have us in their clutches for thirteen fucking years, and nobody explains anything about what a web host is or a web server is. Nobody explains a fucking single day, a single lesson, one hour of what a, what of command line. Right, they don't even open command line. You just open Microsoft products. I think that we get totally robbed uh, of a, any kind of uh, computer education, how computers work, you know? And older generations always look to us, younger generations, and say, oh, you're such a technical wizard. Oh, you can... You're so good on the smart tab uh, and really just poking fucking screens. You know, you don't know shit about anybody can upload uh, a file to Insta spam and, and tw- twit retard shit. Uh, anybody can click the button and enter one of these slaver web apps because that's what they are. Anyone can become a product of one of these apps and you have to pick one, or you have to pick multiple and upload it to all of them. I'm gonna do on YouTube, and then I'm gonna do on Twitch. And the problem with that is, you wall yourself off into these little segregated uh, services, and that's not what the internet is about. The internet is about okay, here's a fucking web server. Now anybody can get to it. Da da. End of story. And you could make ten thousand different web apps that all point to that same resource and grab it. And that's what podcasting's about. And now that's what decentralized music in turn is about. It's about here, I can publish my shit. I can tell you where it is. And then you can come from any of the apps. Doesn't matter. They all surface it. Maybe it looks different over there. Just like uh, podcasting 2.0. Your experience in Fountain, your experience in CurioCaster, your experience in Podverse, they're all different, right? But that's the same shit. I only got to publish it one time. And then all of the other apps get it. That's what decentralization is all about. The revolution will not be televised. It will be podcasted. Most indeed. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love it. And I love seeing Chris on. Uh, Yeah, that's so exciting. I've been waiting for it for such a long time. And now at the next Bitcoin block party, he's going to talk all about it and hype people up and onboard other people. Yeah, if you do have a chance to uh, go and support 
his self-hosted feed, uh, an American in Montreal, Chris Winsky is W-E-N-S-K-E. And there's a link in the show notes. Uh, I very much appreciate you showing some love to him for getting uh, self-published and uh, kind of letting him know it's definitely worth it. Also, for the Ablecraft feed, we got a test boost coming in from Floydian Slips. So I appreciate that. He sent uh, 99 sats, came into me, so I think that's probably a couple hundred uh, because I don't get the full... Uh, I don't get the full number when I'm looking at this Albi stuff. I just get what came into me. So since that's split half and half, I'm assuming 200, 200 sats was the boost there. From Fountain, though. So I appreciate that. And it looks like, ooh, let's see, you've got Karma. Oh, yeah, that, that we read earlier from Hey Citizen. So yes, that, that catches us all the way up. I heard some pews while... We were doing this to the V for V music rundown. That's absolutely correct. Uh, including, actually, it was Kyron who started things off with 1111 sats, Mere Mortals podcast out of Fountain. He says, actually, Spence, could you give a quick rundown of how to use a host like Buzzsprout for storage, but create my own RSS feed to add new tags, but use theirs as the main structure? Totally. Yeah. See, that's what we've been doing here at bowl after bowl for the longest time. Cause we are hosted by Podbean, which uses transcripts and chapters. I believe are the only podcasting 2.0 stuff that they, um, support so far. And that's just off of the top of my dome. I haven't really looked deep into it because once you get into a routine, a post-show routine for me, I find it incredibly difficult to change anything. So I just kind of go through the same motions and when we adopted podcasting 2.0 tags, the motions I go through are, I started just by copying the entire contents of the feed that Podbean made for me. And I pasted it over into a new feed in VS Code. And then I just hand added the value tag at both the channel level and the item level. And then I also added uh, the person tag at the channel level and item levels. And that's pretty much what we do now. I've got a, I've got a lot of other podcasting 2.0 tags I want to get in there eventually, but that's pretty much what we've been doing for months and months now, for over a year, is value and person. And once you get that done, uh, what I did was I got in touch with Dave Jones directly. And I just said, hey, Dave, I've got a separate feed. Now I'm hosting that on my web server. And that's all, that's all you need. You just need it online somewhere. You just need one static location where you can say, Hey Dave, now if you go to feed.bullafterbull.com slash feed.xml, that's where my RSS lives. And now what I can do is each week I publish my episode to Podbean still. Podbean remakes my feed uh, on their side and it has a new item in it, and I copy that item, paste it into my personal RS, uh, personal XML, my personal RSS feed, and then I just add those two tags, the value tag and the person tag. And then I use an FTP uh, client called FileZilla, but you can even just log into a web host and drag and drop the file wherever it lives. The nice thing about it is it literally does not matter where it lives. You can make a folder for it. You can put it at the root of some website. Just as long as you have a link to it. 
and that link is reachable from the general internet. That's all you need. So that's why I kind of made a separate subdomain off of the existing bullafterbull.com. Because uh, it also turns out bullafterbull.com is a WordPress site, and it has been since its very beginning. Uh, we're working on making a new one still, but as of right now, it's still a WordPress site. And so I need to make a subdomain somewhere separate where I can host that feed. And so that was the natural choice, feed.bullafterbull.com is the subdomain. And then right at the root level, slash feed.xml. If you just go to plain old feed.bullafterbull.com, nothing loads because nothing lives there. There's no actual website there. Only thing that lives there is that XML file. But that's what's cool about uh, web hosts is it is. It's just a, it's just a folder. It's just a folder that you can point a web browser to and read files from it if that's allowed. If you, uh, you know, make a public file inside there. So that's what I do. I'm sorry if that's uh, kind of a can of wormy worms. That's a little bit of on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, a little early. Uh, and it's coming a little early. But that's how I do it right now. And you could do the same for Buzzsprout. You could do the same for any uh, podcasting host. You could upload your files to them, grab the version of their RSS feed that comes out, uh, and then add your own personal tags. Now, another cool tool out there is the podcast generator that Cold Acid uh, maintains. And Podcast Generator also allows you to add in any custom tags that you want. Now, he's added in, a, I, I want to say, all of the podcasting 2.0 tags, but if not all, then most of them. Uh, he's been adding them all in uh, bit by bit. But he also allows, that tool also allows you to just write in your own tag recklessly. Ooh. Literally anything. You can do anything, which is really cool. So that's another way to, ch uh, to build feeds is check out uh, Podcast Generator. And we'll have a link to all of this stuff in the show notes that I mentioned. Uh, so I appreciate that, Kyron. Uh, 420 sats came in from Eastside Tony out of Podverse. He said, defend the network. Definitely. Major defense. Uh, also, Eastside Tony, 420 sats out of Podverse. He says, just finished a live stream for one of my shows, The Toxic Bitcoin Maximalists. Check it out on No Agenda Tube. Long live RSS. And all of the extremist independent self-hosted value for value podcast 2.0 music 2.0 warriors. Hell yeah. Cheers, Eastside Tony. Eastside Tony uh, knows exactly what I'm talking about with all of the uh, Telegram stuff that's been going down because <laughs> he's been in there, uh, right in there uh, in the trenches as well. So yes, I appreciate that. And uh, I will say that I am not going to stop talking about this. It's just, to me, this is just another branch of the on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain. It might be word salad, but we have to keep having this conversation. I'm going to keep talking about it and I'm going to get better at talking about it. And y'all out there in podcast world are going to keep listening to it. And you're going to get better at listening to it and asking questions. And that's the only way we're going to build this thing. We got to teach each other what's going on. And we got to meet each other from where we are. That's it. That's it. There's not going to be another app that comes out and rolls out and saves your ass. You're going to have to save yourself. And in order to save yourself... You got to learn the protocols. Protocols, not platforms. Platforms are what got us into this mess. Protocols, we got to learn them to get ourselves out. And you can do it. You can. You can absolutely do it. It's not like I'm some kind of fucking savant, I promise. No, he's a simple tard. Just like 
I have a high pain tolerance. That's all. <laughs> and trust me, the, uh, the average level of pain is way less now than it was two years ago. Way less. Things are getting easier week by week as we all talk together and talk these things out and work them out. So uh, be part of it. Come on in and be part of it. It's getting better all the time. Uh, this is a perfect time, I think, that I've put this off long enough. Wait. There's other ways to contribute value besides the sats that are streaming and coming in and zaps that are zip-zop zooping us. You're absolutely correct. I mentioned it before, but you can make episode art because every episode has unique art for Bowl After Bowl, which is awesome. You can send news stories or asking questions like Kyron did in a boost or anywhere that you can reach out to us. It prompts these great conversations, you know, with to help other people run with scissors mm -hmm. and get in the trenches. You can make jingles like the Hey Citizen music you heard earlier. Can't even put a number on that for how valuable it is. That's right. Or you can simply give us a call and leave a voicemail or a text message. We genuinely love hearing from you. We love you guys. We love you bowlers. And so if you're voice shy or whatever, we have a prompt to give you something you can think about talking about. It's a first time I ever prompt week after week, bowl after bowl. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever had a surprise party. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right, 816-607-3663. You can send us a text message, picture message, or just give us that call and leave a voicemail. All of it works, most definitely. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for holding me back from the edge. Appreciate that. I was just all jacked up for that. Yeah, so what do we talk about with on-chain, off-chain, cocaine, shit stain? Well, it's kind of like the previous rant. Uh, it's The segment was named on this phenomenon of how we speak about lightning and how we speak about Bitcoin, and, and really it's rolling into decentralized music and podcasting and all these different weird techie stuff uh, that we find ourselves in as people who might not have a technical background or might have only recently carved out a technical background such as myself. I mean, I have not been uh, a programmer for a very long time at all. But uh, anybody can get into this thing. It just takes a bit of determination uh, and a bit of hearing some word salad enough times to start to understand the terms. And so that's kind of how on-chain, off-chain cocaine shitstain was, was born to the uninitiated when you talk about running a lightning node, it sounds just like a bunch of uh, mushmouth mumble jumble, and uh, it really can be at the beginning, uh, in part because you don't know the terms and, and you haven't been in the car driving around, and in part because we're all new too, so when we talk about it, it's not like we're some kind of uh, 
old head from, from years and years of experience. I mean, I, I didn't even use lightning until I built a node. I didn't even know about it until podcasting 2.0 came along. So this is all relatively new for me as well. And, uh, I love seeing people get in and like learn faster than I ever did because, uh, nowadays there's a lot less pain points than there was when I started off uh, in 2020. So it's just getting better and smoother all the time. And, uh, we hope that by talking it out, uh, not only do we have a, an extra kind of repetition of, of the terms and what's going on and how it all happens, but it also is meant to be an invitation for additional conversation and for questions and such. You can find us on the Fediverse. You can send us emails uh, on Fetty. You can find me over at podcastindex.social or on noagendasocial.com. I'm Sir Spencer on both of those Fetty uh, instances. Uh, you can also send an email to spencer at bullafterbull.com. And I'm happy to answer questions when you get stuck. That's what, uh, that's what this community is all about, is just being another resource out there. And uh, I suppose it's appropriate to play this little uh, ditty, also by Hey Citizen. I'm fixing a note where my sat's coming To get my treasure traveling Where it will go Yes, I'm fixing a node. Uh, it turns out it seems to be a kind of a, a recurring issue with later raspy blitz specifically uh, implementations here. And I just think that over time, as nodes get larger and as software gets larger, uh, code bases get larger, etc., the Raspberry Pi, certainly the uh, 4 gig RAM Raspberry Pis, but even the 8 gig RAMs uh, have a hard time keeping up with the demand put on a node with open channels that's always online, that's constantly trying to route Bitcoin payments, that's also hiding behind Tor, that's just doing so many things at once. Uh, and of course, we have the added complication of having Helipad, having uh, a little bot that shoots the boostergrams into IRC. There's a lot going on on a little node. Um, and so I've, of course, been <laughs> threatening to build a yet another node on the Think Center, that I got maybe almost a year ago now. And that I uh, have concluded has to happen sooner rather than later. In fact, I think that'll be one of my first, uh, my first pieces of business once we get back to the uh, compound. Smart. Is to get that thing going because that has much more computing power, even though it's just a little simple um, mini PC, essentially. Um, it can be a node and it can be a much better one uh, with much beefier resources than just your standard Raspberry Pi. Now, the reason that Raspberry Pi has become a popular solution for building your own node on is because it all ships with super standardized software. And so you can make a build script for, you know, installing all of the shit you need to run a lightning node, and you know it will work on that machine because they're all the same, you know? Uh, and so that's that's what's nice is it standardizes that piece of thing. Now... With Docker and with a, a lot of other things that have come along in the tech space, um, you can get that part handled. So where it doesn't matter that you're on a bunch of different hardware, you can kind of uh, nail down installing something that's going to run the same way. 
no matter what machine it's on. So I want to run bare metal something. Is it Raspberry Blitz? I'm not really sure. I would kind of like to try another one. The problem is, again, like I mentioned earlier, if you get into a routine, you get set in your ways, you get used to a certain implementation, then you kind of get comfortable there, you know? So I'm nervous about branching out or doing something else uh, with this thing still around. So um, that'll be sort of a decision that I'm going to have to come to. But I think it's becoming clear and clear that uh, the Raspberry Pi just might not be able to handle the whole load. It's also kind of around time to check the hard drive and maybe uh, maybe try to migrate to a new hard drive. Because again, that's another thing that uh, running a node, any Bitcoin node, um, you'll have to think about is the longevity of the hard drives that you're constantly reading and writing to and from. I mean, mm -hmm. every time, even a simple non-lightning Bitcoin node, you're still writing the new blocks every time one is solved. And so you need a hard drive that can be written to constantly 24 hours a day. So um, it's a little combination there. But in the meantime, that's what's nice about having services like Albi, which is uh, free to use, at least right now is how it works. And um, you get that wallet and you can have a nice little value tag for yourself. In fact, if you have an Albi account, you can go over to getalbi.com slash node, and it gives you all your node information, and you scroll to the very bottom of that page, and it actually shows you an example value tag that you can plug in for yourself in any RSS feed. That's really convenient if you're just a guest on a podcast sometime that is a value-enabled podcast, and they say, yo, you got a node? You can just make one there. Uh, Fountain does a, a similar thing. Actually, Boobery taught me this. You can go to fountain.fm in any web browser, and then forward slash whatever somebody's username is. And it shows a little user profile, but then there's a lightning icon you can click on. And it'll give you a similar thing. You can have a fountain address made into a lightning uh, value tag. So it's pretty cool. Uh, there's backups, and we are using one of them right now. Thank God. Yeah, because what happened to your node? You had some like stuck HTLCs or something? It started with stuck HTLCs. That's right. And what that means is... Somebody was trying to send a payment to somebody else through one of my channels. Well, through two of my channels, really. Through one coming into me and then one going out from me until it reached its final destination. Now, recently I had a fat 15 million sat uh, channel that I bought for inbound liquidity from DZ. DZ.io. D-E-E-Z-Y. Uh, which I got for very reasonable price. I think it was like 20-some thousand sats pretty cheap for a big fat beefy channel and uh that thing routed a shitload of sats um so it kind of did its job and its intended purpose but then i got a few stuck uh htlcs or stuck payments that were stuck in route and uh basically if they're stuck too long it's a time lock contract hash time lock contract so if they're stuck too long, that will result in force closures. And not just any force closure, but force closure along the entire route of that payment that it's taken so far. So many channels can get closed over just one stuck HTLC. Mm. So this happened before we left, and I was able to just reboot the node, and uh, things kind of jiggled out themselves, and it was fine. And I noticed there is a new, uh, actually two new versions of L&D out 
because I was on the beta 16.2 and now they're on 0.16.4, I think. So uh, like an asshole, I decided to try and update that from way out here because I just didn't know what else to do. I was like, well, you know, people are seeming to have a better time when they update the LND. So I gave it a shot and part of that is restarting and it just got frozen restart, right? Mm, and yep. so I've got no way to get in directly to the node or power cycle it or do any of the other troubleshooting things that I try to do. So I had to wait until today because uh, my dad was out of town um, and the people watching the house, I was like, eh, I'm not really going to have to ask them to fuck with the node, right? Yeah. So I waited. My dad was back and then I'm like, dad, I'm going to walk you through this. And we walked through it and he helped me get it back going. And the blockchain synced. In fact, the blockchain is back synced. But the problem is the LND, just whatever reason, will not start. It's getting hung up. And a lot of people are having this issue uh, that I'm noticing in the uh, troubleshooting groups where LND just like won't all the way boot right or it's running incredibly slow. So I'm not really even sure if I'm going to have to take my channel backup data and just start a new node with that channel backup or what, what my strategy is going to be exactly. But um, I'm thinking hardware upgrade is an essential part of the process because, uh, I mean, we, we have a pretty decent node running now uh, in terms of size and connectivity. Uh, it's, not, it's nothing absolutely astronomical or out of this world, you know, not, not even like top 1,000. But it's enough to where the Raspi is probably not equipped to handle uh, what's going down there. And I suspect that it'll just get worse over time. Like, the longer this goes on, you know. Yeah. It's not going to get better. I don't see it getting better. So, that's that. That's that. I am getting online statuses from my health checker that Amboss runs. But uh, also, when I log into Thunderhub which is where I do most of my uh, lighting management. All my channels are appearing offline right now, and if you try to boost that node, it ain't going to work. So, right. you know, we have the helipad set up to that node. It doesn't see any new boosts. We have the chat bot that runs off of that node. It doesn't see the boosts and relay them to the chat. So everything's kind of in a little hiatus moment because, like, you know, it couldn't have happened at a better time. <laughs> this is... <laughs> The timing is everything, right? Yeah, first night in mass. Yeah, I love it. I Whoops. love it. I'm, I might have been able to just get away with just leaving it alone and not jiggling it at all. Yeah. But I might not have. I don't know. I might have just got force closed on. I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, I just took a chance and it didn't pan out. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel on some of these things. But But it's learning. It is learning. And that's the beautiful thing, too, is like, I have my recovery. I have my backups. I know everything is safe and everything is fine. I'm not like shitting my pants over losing sets. Right. All that kind of stuff. And that's what's nice too is when you build a node, you can start small with little channels and with people that you trust and then branch out once you get more comfortable, which is kind of the situation that um, I've built for myself over time. So, yeah. It's all good. It's just a. Uh, it's just a little bit of time heals all wounds. Time time heals all nodes as well. Yeah, gonna take a minute. Definitely gonna take a minute. Uh, I did scroll through a few of my favorite Bitcoin headline um, aggregators over the past week, and really, frankly, a lot of software is updated, but nothing that I find super compelling. So, 
I'm just going to, I think that we have really leaned into plenty of cocaine and plenty of shit stain. Just like a one sentence thing. SBF is going to jail, right? I heard that through the grapevine. That's funny because nobody was even talking about that, but, um, we had talked about him in the bowl before. So we, we mentioned it before. Yeah. I just figured you should give that cap, but whatever. I'll just post a headline in the show notes. And I gave the one sentence explainer. Yeah. Well, if you want one great sentence about it, uh, it's that SBF could face up to 115 years in prison. So, uh, what do you think? Think he'll face, uh, even 90? Uh, I think it's unlikely is what I think. There's eight charges that he's facing and he was denied bail, but, uh, I don't know. I'm surprised, uh, even at some of, some of that. So who knows? Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. Who knows? At all of it. So that's funny. Cause I didn't see that, uh, on the feeds for the last week of stuff, but you're right. Yeah. That's all I got. I appreciate that. Yep. You're bringing some, uh, some cocaine to the table. Tasty. Uh, you know, I really, although I, I confess really what I just want to do is get to my favorite segment. Top three. Uh, and as we transition, you heard the uh, half pew. Yeah, that was memes elite. Memes. Memes thirteen thirty seven boosted us twenty seven thirty sets out of Podverse. Thanks, memes. And once again, he says he is elite boosting the split. Uh, he says it's not how you bowl; it's how you roll. Hey, I like that. So keep that in mind, bowlers. I also just want to take a second to point out that there might be zaps coming through on Noster, and there's a whole separate chat over there. Oh, is that that's right? That's probably being ignored because we're in the IRC. That's where the bowl lives. That's how you get in the bowl. Well, I have to confess fully that I have no idea if there's a chat attached to the Noster Live. Uh, I hopped in there and I saw it. Oh, okay. Well, then. Uh, but it was on my phone, which I can't use while I'm podcasting. Maybe you can enlighten us. Well, there's a screen cap in the bowl that Cotton Gin shared where it says, Carnage zapped 5,000 sats. And he says, what is this? Streams work best when the host interacts with the audience, which is hilarious because we've discovered that. And use IRC. That's right. Uh, audiences work best when they interact with the host. And that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, we uh, definitely explained that this is our first night over on Noster. So this is the beauty of it. Let us know. Running with scissors. It'll Let get better know. over time. The other wild thing about uh, the stream, the zaps.stream thing, is they built a separate uh, wallet out. And so my regular Albi that I'm reading through does not have uh, all of these coming in. So I'm going to have to find that. But uh, yeah, let me look around for it, man. But yeah, and thanks for tuning in on Monster. You're a bowler now. That's right. You didn't even know, and now you've found out. And bowlers know that 33 is the magic number. And it was popping up this week. Like this Associated Press headline, IS claims responsibility for an attack that killed 33 Syrian soldiers and vows to keep fighting. Now, IS, is this ISIS shortened to IS? Has ISIS always been IS alone? I don't know. I don't have the answers to this. But I can probably look it up. I think it's been used, but not not the main thing. 
Maybe they're trying to long-term transition there. Yeah, good luck looking up IS, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it, like, ISIL. I remember ISIL. This ISIS, ISIL, I don't know. Islamic State, Circus Media has enlightened me in the chat. So, yeah, the Islamic State claims responsibility for an attack that killed 33 Syrian soldiers. And it's obviously big news with the magic number in the headline. This was an ambush that happened in eastern Syria, and others were wounded, but, you know, 33 killed, allegedly. Because there were some other numbers I saw out there from this British group, the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. They said that um, the death toll was 40. I was seeing this 40 number floating around, but 33 got the headline, and that's why it's here in the bowl. Also, hat tip to Harv Hat this week, because he sent me this story. Beijing flooding kills at least 33 after northern China hit by Typhoon Doksuri. If at least 33 people weren't killed, we wouldn't even know about this flooding. Because it's halfway around the world. Just wild. Um, I also saw that... Taylor Swift boosted Silicon Valley's economy by 33 million buckaroos. Wow. Yeah. That was all thanks to her two-day stop at Levi Stadium, where there were 60,000 fans that turned out, and 70% of them were out-of-towners. And you know out-of-towners are going to be spending more money. This is true. So, big bucks there. Uh, on the drive up, I saw an article that was world's original supermodels reunite for first Vogue cover together in 33 years. Literally who? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's names you'd recognize yeah. like Naomi Campbell. Um, and then there was this story man found unconscious with 33 grams of meth in car outside gas station in Georgetown, South Carolina. It was wild. According to the story, 911 got a phone call and it was a hang up call. So they reported to the location and they found this guy unconscious in his car with his bag of crystals, mm. which turned out to be meth, according to the reports. 33.2 grams to be specific. Otherwise, again, uh, a tenth why? of a gram short of super magic. Yeah, seriously. But again, why would that story go anywhere other than local news? Into his, you know, family that needs to go to the hospital, pick him up or whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, that's all I got for the magic number tonight. Let's go behind the curtain. So you can make up for three days. You got three days to make up for back here. Interesting financial news from Tara Send, who says that Morgan Stanley and the Bank of New York Mellon lifted the custody ban on weed for the Toronto Stock Exchange listing. So they are now receiving interest from institutional stock investors in the United States all of a sudden. Mm. And, you know, uh, Morgan Stanley, Bank of New York Mellon, they both provide stock trading custody services like settlement, safekeeping, and reporting of securities and cash for their clients. But because weed is a Schedule One controlled substance, they haven't been able to provide these services for weed stocks. 
allegedly, until now. Allegedly. Something changed. Don't really know what. But the Terra Ascend executive chair, Jason Wilde, said that the company moved its listing to the Toronto Exchange on July 1st with the expectation that the stock would receive more trades from Canadian and European investors. Lo and behold, they're coming in from America. So I guess uh, more institutions here in the United States will be able to buy and sell their stocks. Neato. Fantastic. Do you remember a couple bowls ago I brought the DEA head and Milgram testifying. Matt Gates was asking her some questions, and she said that the president had sent a letter to the secretary of health and human services and uh, to the attorney general to ask for the scheduling process to begin. Yes. The dusty man in the white house wants HHS and FDA and DEA, I guess, to be a part of this, to look at rescheduling weed Mm -hmm. out of schedule one, potentially, you know, but they got to do these studies first. Well, of course. Yeah. Cause how are we going to know without study after study? Yeah. So Ann Milgram mentioned this letter, though, that the president had sent to HHS. And an attorney by the name of Matt Zorn decided to file a FOIA to get this letter. Well, he finally heard back from HHS, and guess what? They don't have a letter on record that fits the bill. So did she misspeak? Did she make it up? Is something being hidden? Did the mailman drop it? Right. Did the person that checks the mail drop it or shred it? Did she get a letter instead of HHS? Uh, We'll never know. Accountability is probably the only thing we will not have. That's correct. Par usual. Oh, there was a good court ruling that came in this week. It was um, a three-judge panel that agreed to reverse the conviction of a man who was sentenced to nearly four years in prison in Mississippi after being pulled over with firearms and admitting to occasionally using weed. Mm. So this federal appeals court steps in and says, um, no, that's unconstitutional. Uh, We have to be consistent with the historical context of the Second Amendment's original 1791 ratification And, you know, the federal government has come in and said, oh, marijuana is an intoxicant and you can't have a gun and be high. Uh, But the government has never disarmed individuals using drugs or alcohol at one time from possessing guns at another time. So why is weed so different? That was a summary of what they wrote in their ruling. Well, hilariously, I thought that would be the news, like the big news for the week. Then the DOJ wanted to get back in the headlines. (laughs) They filed a brief, and their brief says, hey, uh, the federal appeals court incorrectly decided that the gun ban for pot consumers is unconstitutional. Mm. Isn't that hilarious? That is pretty funny. I didn't know that the Department of Justice could uh, just say that the judges made incorrect decisions. Yeah. Silly. Pretty wild. I don't, I don't know if anything will come of that, but they're probably going to fight for it. Fight for more hearings. Also, this week, 
Uh, clarification came in from the DEA Drug and Chemical Evaluation Section Chief, guy by the name of Terrence Booz, B-O-O-S. We like, he just shows up in the bowl sometimes, yeah. in the stories, not physically in the bowl. He's not allowed physically in the bowl. <laughs> we would not open the door. No. But uh, he clarified in a letter to an attorney that the DEA considers Delta-8 products federally illegal because it's synthesized from CBD. So there goes that loophole that the gray market has been playing off of. I mean, I say there goes. How are they going to enforce this? You can't. Can't do it. So the hemp shops will still probably be rocking and rolling with the Delta-8, Delta-10, but on the record, Delta-8, Delta-10, anything derived from the CBD uh, is just federally illegal. Yeah. Stupid. Seeds, however, are federally legal because they contain 0.3% THC or less. Fun fact, it's good to know. California's attorney general has petitioned the state court um, with a civil forfeiture order because he's hoping the state can collect unpaid taxes and fees by seizing assets from an unlicensed weed retailer. Uh, and the retailer is Weed Mart. They were audited from 2020 to 2022. And uh, the IRS found that they had $187,000 worth of use in sales taxes um, that they were liable for. And after the penalties and collection cost recovery fees plus interest, the IRS decided that they owe $210,000. So officers from the California Highway Patrol attempted to seize cash from the business. Yeah. Yeah, like the robbers that they are, they wanted to just go in and take this company's cash. Ugh. Like all the petty thieves we see in the weed world because, you know, you're dealing with weed stuff. You right. can't use a bank. Federally, no, no. They could use Bitcoin, but that doesn't seem to be catching on. Or it's hush hush, which is good. Yeah. Loose lips and all. Mm-hmm. Um... So they were denied entry, which is great. That was back in February. Now the attorney general is coming after their ass again, saying, well, we'll just seize your assets. Civil forfeiture, your bitch ass. I've never heard of this before, an attorney general entering a civil forfeiture order uh, to get the tax money made up for in assets. And we'll see what comes of it. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill that I haven't heard much about, even though it seems to do a lot of things. Uh, and one of those things is banning pot ads that promote recreational use. This is House Bill 1387. Now, there's a legalization measure that might make it to the 2024 ballot in Florida for adult use or recreational use. And this could really complicate things for voters. Can't use, you know, have recreational ads. Uh, it also adds more stringent background checks for workers in the medical industry, which is already rolling along in Florida. So, I don't know. Hmm. I think there's a lot of fine print in this bill, too. Yeah, seems uh, that way. I haven't, I haven't combed through it all the way, but 
those right there are pretty big red flags. And it is signed, sealed, and delivered. So, in law. Missouri got 1,600 applications in for micro-businesses. Of course, only 48 winners will be decided by October. So that's going to be a lot of disappointed people. Yeah. The micro-business thing seems like such a scam. Just out in the open. It's all a scam. Every license is a scam. Many will interfere will win. But this caps the amount of plants they can grow if they're a micro-business cultivator. It caps the amount of business they can do if they're a dispensary. It's silly. I'm earned the right to smoke weed. Montana regulators are being sued over the state's residency requirements when it comes to owning or investing in pop businesses, and this comes from a father and son duo. Obviously, they live out of state. Uh, They're alleging that this is economic protectionism, which violates their right to do business in the state. And hilariously, when you think about it, um, each state relies on out-of-state components, like tourists. You know, people are going to Come into your state and buy the weed. But also, the seed-to-sale tracking system. A lot of states are using metric, M-E-T-R-C. They're from Florida. There's an out-of-state component for you. Right. But you can't transparently get a license from out-of-state. Yeah, you got to find a straw man. You can get a straw man and get a license and be a vertically integrated... From many states. Yep. You can be from Canada and do that. (laughs) But transparently, no, 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 no. Gotta be a Montana resident. Silly. Gotcha. (laughs) Uh, Governor Chris Sununu in New Hampshire signed two bills worth noting. The first one decriminalizes fentanyl and xylazine test strips. So you can test your powders and crystals without getting in trouble for carrying the strips around to test it. What a concept. And the next bill creates a commission to draft legislation to legalize weed sales through a system of state-run stores. This is the Sununu dream. He's been talking about, oh, yeah, New Hampshire will legalize weed with the state-run stores. I'm all for that, but they got to be state-run stores. I mean, what does that even mean? How is that going to work? State weed. That's great. Not. Anyway, this proposal is due December 1st for lawmakers to consider passing in 2024. So, details to emerge. New York had the first adults-only farmer's market featuring weed products. So, there we go. Weed at a farmer's market. It happened. And it happened in New York. Beautiful. And it got approval from the governor and the cannabis commission and all. Green light. Now, because they had weed at the farmer's market, it was 21 plus, and you had to have your ID checked to enter the farmer's market. So it's not all the way there. Yeah. You know, like, I want weed next to the tomatoes the and stuff. only booth you got to get carded at. What the, does your lawyer say? He looks pretty smart. Because there was weed there, the whole market was carded. You, you couldn't you bring your even kids go to in. the farmer's market. Oh, my God. Yeah, you had to be an adult to go to the farmer's The XXX market. Getting high? I mean, there should have at least been a few titties there too, right? Oh, yeah. If you gotta get cardigan, booze, titties. Did you see her breasts? Uh, it's just silly. But 
I suppose you could say it's a step in the right direction. Uh, sure. I, I guess we could say it. It's a step in the right direction after yeah, all. Yeah, choke it. After all, it's a step in the right direction. Ba-da-da-da. Choked. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the state of New Hampshire runs the liquor stores, too, which is probably why they're trying to run the weed stores. Cotton Gin adds in the chat. Mm. I did want to say, by the way, uh, about our Noster stream. Yeah. I do have the the stream chat here, which is only three chats, two from Carnage and one from Um Bitcoin Yum. Uh, I don't see any zaps. I even tried to send myself a test zap mm. for a thousand sats, and I did see it come out of my Albi wallet, but I don't see it going into anywhere. Uh, the only thing that I can really do, and I was trying to click around on this earlier, uh, there's a little drop down, and I can go to my profile. And my profile contains the bull after bull logo I put as my profile picture. Then there's a banner picture that's just a default picture of some outer space dormitory, it looks like. I don't know how to edit that. I don't know how to edit some of my information. And I don't see anybody in the top zappers list at all. It uh, acts as though we have not received a single zap, which I know isn't true because I have sent some myself to the stream. So I don't know. I don't know how it works. Oh. Full disclosure, we already said it was our first night on here. So, hey, we're learning, man. Yep. We're learning. And if anybody is uh, knowledgeable about uh, the Zap.stream or any other stream Noster process, you know, uh, from what I understand about Noster, we should be able to use this same entity or this same account to stream from any of the other s- possible stream services. So, I don't know. Spencer at Bowl After Bowl is where all the complaints go on the Noster side of things. Yeah. Spencer at bullafterbull.com. Send an email. Yes. The boomers. The dot com is important. <laughs> Send an you email, know. you boomers. Yeah. We like IRC in the 80s in cocaine. Yeah. We should hang out. <laughs> I really do want to hang out with uh, all the bowlers, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. if you're hard fat, you're in mass, hit us up. Let's do something. Anyway. See, Brooklyn 112 is another bowler I'd like to hang out with. He sent me a story uh, from New York City. Now, you know how New York's been trying to crack down on the unlicensed dispensaries? They have this whole, the whole city, right? They've got five legal licensed weed retailers. Just five in all of New York. That's right, five. You can count them on one hand. That's rough. One for each borough. But there's probably 1,500 shops where you can buy wheat. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is America, after all. They've been going in and telling them to shut down and fining them when they don't shut down, you know, $10,000 a day or something. And a lot of these businesses are like, okay, we'll pay you. No this biggie. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? You caught us. Here's your troll toll. We're going to keep selling the weed, though. Ta-ta there, retard. So obviously this wasn't working. Right. This thought they process can't of whack enforcement. Them all, yeah, they can't whack them all their way out of this shit. Well, here's their next target. Uh-oh. The landlords. Uh-oh. Landlords can now be fined per raid. So it's a two-strike system. Um... If the sheriff's office finds an unlicensed business, they will contact 
the landlord and say, hey, we've got this person selling weed in your space. You need to do something about it. If during a follow-up, that business is still in operation, the landlord will be slapped with an initial $5,000 fine. Then every subsequent subsequent raid <laughs> on the shop will end up being a $10,000 fine for the landlord. Oof. So. It's fucking bullshit, man. We'll see. It might deter them a little faster. Because they're not just going to have uh, yeah. the city and the cops on their ass, they're but their say, landlord. Oh, you're in violation of your lease if you, yeah. Yep. This is why I think that the weed trucks that they had are still the best way. Yeah. Because how agree. are you going to catch the weed truck? It's just going to go somewhere else. You tow it. You tow it. But you and can't then, tow them all. Yeah. Again, whack-a-mole. But then there's no landlord to go after. You know, it's just the guys with the trucks. Yep. And, you know, you get into the truck. Exactly. So, eh, we'll see what happens if uh, businesses start shutting their doors. But this is why. It's just crazy. You know, weed being a Schedule One substance on the Controlled Substances Act makes it federally illegal, and then state by state they can make their own rules. And you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like two sets of rules you got to play by. Yeah, it's <laughs> or avoid. totally fucked. It's yeah. kind of what uh, a lot of original founders were nervous about setting up a whole federal government. They wanted to keep it all the states separate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, really uh, not a big fan of the federal government. And the only way they got the states to come together, join or die, was they expressly said, hey, you know, just this, this exact shit in the Constitution, that's all the federal government does, and anything not explicitly said right here in the Constitution, that's the states and the people. Yeah, and states' rights should trump federal law. And now it's all ass backwards. Every lawyer will tell you, well, when in conflict, federal law trumps state law. It's like, what the fuck? And when did that happen? What the fuck? When and why? I don't understand it. What's the Ninth Amendment for? What's the Tenth Amendment for? Yeah, well, you know what? I'm the government now. So fucking stupid. I choose freedom. Oh, commerce clause. Oh, 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 taxes. Oh, income tax. They stuck it in. Didn't take long. Sure didn't. I mean, the the world we are born into is just like, it's always been this way. The world our parents were born into. It's always been this way. And they just keep adding shit on top of shit. Mm -hmm. More laws, more writing, more this and that, more loopholes. It's too complicated. It's too much. Go back to the Constitution and Bill of Rights. That's all we need. It would be nice. Yeah. (laughs) In Wisconsin, Governor Tony Evers signed a bill which increases penalties for people who, and I quote, cause the death of another human being by manufacture, distribution, delivery of, or administration of certain drugs. And uh, it doesn't, it's very vague on these certain drugs. It says certain Schedule One or Schedule Two controlled substances, controlled substance analogs, or ketamine, or flunitrazepam. Hmm. Flooney trazepam? I don't know. Um, so certain Schedule 1 or Schedule true drug, drugs. So this is one of those, you know, if you have a fentanyl overdose, it's a homicide situations when you boil it down. But 
any schedule one schedule two drug could be fair game. Right. And finally, I just wanted to end the behind the curtain segment with a study, which I very rarely do because they're silly. But this one was especially silly. And that's why it's here. Um, This was published in the American Journal of Cardiology. And it looks at the association between monthly pot use and heart attacks in middle-aged adults. And it took about 10,000 adults uh, and watched them after they had a heart attack. And monthly pot use before a heart attack was not associated with a subsequent uh, physician-diagnosed heart attack, except there were threefold greater odds when pot was not used within the past month. Oh, shit. So if you have a heart attack and you are a pot user, and then you stop using weed. I hate that word, using weed. You stop smoking weed or enjoying weed. Yeah. You're more likely to have another heart attack, just saying. Three times more likely? Three times more likely. Oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, smoke weed every day. That's what I say. I want my weed. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Smoke weed every day. That's all I got. Beautiful. Well done. Well played. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Well, this is the point where we usually play a little moment of metal that is always sent in by our dear friend. You know him as the Sir Reverend Cybertrucker. Not just any old Reverend Cybertrucker, but Sir Reverend Cybertrucker. And uh, he has given us yet another gift this week. Shall we peek in on what he's got for us this week? Please. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Continuing with my top five picks of unique metal voices, you guys get a twofer. Nightwish is a Finnish symphonic metal band formed in 1996. And while they've had many lineup changes over the years, the two in particular that we're looking at are Tarja Tarunen and Marco Haitala. Now Marco and Tarja play off of each other very, very well. And this particular song highlights that nicely. From the 2002 album Century Child, this is Nightwish, The Phantom of the Opera.
Oh, yeah. Bringing that power. Yes. Phantom, power metal. Phantom rock. Well, thank you, Rev Cyber Trucker. I could just see the Phantom Eric with a metal mask for the metal moment. Ooh. Yeah. I'm thinking brushed steel. Uh, you can always follow along with the Rev's antics over at noagendasocial.com. He's living over there as Rev Cyber Trucker. So give him a follow from any uh, non-doofus Fetty instance. And by non-doofus, I mean one that does not block noagendasocial.com. Because a big, heavy chunk of them do. Weak. For some reason, because uh, people are just allowed to say what they want to say with uh, certain reasonable limits and exceptions. Um, yeah. That means a big chunk of the Fediverse hates that and goes, re-block. Yeah. Many instances just block it because uh, everyone else is blocking it. So if you dye your armpit hair, don't go over to noagendasocial.com. Probably a bad move. Uh, yeah, what's next? The, 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 the first time. The, 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 the first time. The first time I ever. Yes, the first time I ever did a Bull After Bull podcast. It was uh, August 15th, 2023. August 16th, if you're over here on the Beast Coast like us. And uh, yeah, I'm just getting used to this thing. You know, it's not the 263rd time I've done it. It's just brand new shit. (laughs) I'm very out of my element. Uh, But we're keeping it held together. We're asking the bowlers, though. About the first time they ever had a surprise party. And we kind of left that open widely to some uh, interpretation, right? First time you ever had a surprise party could have been one that you had thrown for you, one that you planned, one that you were at. I don't know. Maybe you're going to talk through that on the vocal mail that you leave. But regardless, you can always pick up the phone and call 816-607-3663 and leave that vocal mail uh, just like this gentleman did. Routines, routines, routines. Uh, I got home and my nephews were over. My wife is watching some of my nephews and, uh, yeah, and just playing with them and getting lunches ready for the next two weeks, weeks and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, I get on, then I get on Nastus now. I was like, oh, yeah. Bowl after bowl. Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with that other show, Bowl with Buds. Completely <laughs> separate, totally different. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, it's kind of funny how routines are. Bowls and Buds and Bowls and Bowls. Anywho, uh, I think I have never had a surprise party. Never? Um, not into birthday parties. Um, Based. Sort of thing. I mean, maybe when I was a kid, but like most of the time, like I just, I don't tell people it's my birthday. Um, like I'm cool with like 15 minutes of like celebration and then I'm like, all right, it's over kind of thing. But if it's for somebody else, it's like, yeah, I got to make sure you text them and do stuff and gifts and yada, 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 yada. And I realize I guess the same goes for other people to myself, but I'm not a fan. So, and uh, so I've never had one. Um, yeah, but I have spoiled somebody's birthday surprise party before. Whoops. I mean, I parties, but yeah, never surprise. Um, but that's probably why. Uh, but yeah, I have, I accidentally, uh, spoiled one. I was at a, I was, uh, for a best friend of mine growing up and we're at somebody's house. You know, you get there like 
whatever amount of time early sort of thing. And I was in one of the bedrooms and one of the curtains was open. Uh-oh. And, you know, which it shouldn't have been. And I was just in the room because it's like a half hour plus or something like that. It was a long time ago. <laughs> like decade-ish plus ago. Who's in my but, room? Uh, Concerned they're dead now. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I was, I was in the room, and, like, they're coming up. I think he was coming up with his mom or whatever and, like, saw me in in the room. And so, it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, why are you at this person's house that, like, wouldn't be at, like, ever except for that. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of bummer. But surprise until then. I'm not at so, their house. All right, Sir Spencer, Dame DeLorean, I love you guys. Stay dangerous. I love you. And, you know, if you got, like, 20 seconds left, or you got an hour left. Mm-hmm. Or you just listen to this, whether or not you're sleeping or you're awake. He's got his eye on the clock. If you're sleeping, go ahead and give a good old hearty. Whoa, he's got stamina in that caca. Staying power. Caca. Get a lot of that caca. Kakala really put his caca on the table that time, let's say. Well, there you go. Doesn't even like birthdays. Just spoils the surprise party. <laughs> Just walks in, throws the curtain wide open, says, yeah, you know, you're coming in here, there's people in here. This house isn't empty. Get ready. Curtain opener. <laughs> <laughs> Strong move. Oh, he probably walks down the boardwalk smacking ice cream cones out of kids' hands, too. It's like, you know what? You don't need that sugar. It's bad for you. <laughs> Strong caller. Appreciate your call, Christopher Battles. You remember the first time you ever had a surprise party? Yeah. My dear Lorian. you threw it for me. <laughs> oh, God, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, I had a <laughs> birthday party surprise. It was a hell of a surprise. It was. It was, because I live under a rock, and um, I came home from work casually, you know, Probably humming to myself like As a retard. Jingle jangling my keys. Open my back door of the bungalow we were in at that time and step in and see you in the kitchen. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's noise and people jumping up from behind counters and I about shit my pants because <laughs> I thought there was a break-in in progress or I don't know, I was about to be kidnapped. <laughs> right well it was kind of a tense but time then, anyway <laughs> i saw the faces the lovely faces and they were all people who i love and adore and apparently they love and adore me back and they showed up for a surprise party that you threw so mm-hmm. it was awesome yeah I, I didn't scream either and i didn't poop my pants <laughs> but i really thought i could have yeah because um i had to not long before that moment been traumatized uh, by a break-in where i had three gentlemen break into my house while i was naked so that was great yeah and not traumatizing at all yeah it was very very close yeah and so uh, to the, uh home invasion so to robbery my, <laughs> to my friends who uh surprised me on my birthday be grateful you're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome for not shooting you. Yes, because uh, from the ashes of my trauma, I have become a uh, heat pack in American. And boy, yeah, the, I was... The a, vigilance got cranked and... Uh, yeah. 
it's wild, like that initial moment of surprise where like time kind of like slows way down and you're like, whoa, you're like trying to like figure out how to react. You get all the dead eye kicks in and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, my friends. Uh, the traumatized understand. Oh my god! Yeah. So that Listen, was you fun. motherfuckers. <laughs> that was a memorable birthday. Yeah, no doubt. One that will always be remembered. Uh, much like this next caller will always be remembered. The first surprise party I ever had uh, was one of my earliest memories. It was my fifth birthday party, and I had no idea. I didn't really understand the concept of a surprise party. I was uh, a very serious young man. (laughs) I assumed that, you know, if you're going to have a party, that everybody's going to know about it. And uh, when I was five, I I walked into uh, my grandparents' house. And on my left was like a pile of presents as big as me. And in front, it was... uh, Everybody that I had ever known <laughs> popped out from behind a couch or a counter or whatever. And it was uh, just a very surreal moment. You know, just like everybody that I had known in my life up to that point. All in the same room. <laughs> this is how I remember it anyway. <laughs> and I would, uh, I was just overwhelmed. And it was, uh, it was a very important first memory for me. It was, it's like one of those idyllic childhood memories. And it was a wonderful day, and there's pictures of it. And so I get to you know, keep it around with me. And uh, everything's been downhill ever since. So <laughs> that's life. Uh, that's just, uh, that's not true. <laughs> life is getting better and better. Uh, we'll have a surprise party for somebody sometime soon, I'm sure. Anyway. Whoa. Uh, love you guys. And love you. In the bowl. See? Love you, Lavish. In the bowl. Was he dropping hints? It sounded like it. Ooh, that was like foreshadowing. A literary device on a voicemail. Good God. We're Surprise. entering. Surprise. We're entering wild. Hey, all right, Whose <laughs> <laughs> Who's birthday's uh, coming up? Not mine. We just did mine. Yep. I'm safe for a while. <laughs> There you go. Uh, that's what they want you to think, huh? When you least suspect it. This would be pretty yes. much the perfect time to surprise the shit out of me. It's <laughs> August. I'm <laughs> like, no. Hmm. What? No. You missed it. Go back. <laughs> surprise, it's your 34th birthday next oh, year. Oh, my God. <laughs> you thought we went big for the 33rd. Mm. Yeah, I do remember. Well, this is funny because, right, the the... Format of the question was a little bit loose. So, like, the first surprise party I ever participated in would have been my dad's 40th birthday. Oh, wow. 40th birthday would have been... Oh, shit. Well, let's see. He was 27 when I was born, so it would probably be... uh I was about 13, yeah. I was up at my church. Uh, I was homeschooled at the time. And we did it somehow so perfectly where it was like a night that wasn't a night there wasn't church stuff going on. And uh, we had keys to church because we, you know, he was like a, one of the youth 
he wasn't ever an official youth pastor, but like he always ran like Sunday schools and stuff like that, right? So he had a key, and we didn't live far. And so uh, it was one day we went up, or was it like nighttime? Nobody was in there. Nobody was supposed to be in there. And he unlocks the door, and we've done this many times where you go in there and all the lights are off, you know, and so you're flicking lights on one by one, and then he got into the big banquet, and everybody's there, surprise, holy shit, really got him. Really good. <laughs> My dad being at a loss for words. Like, wow. Not often the situation, you know. True. So we really got him on that one. But uh, the first one that was ever thrown for me was also you. Oh. And I am trying to think. Is that why you retaliated with my surprise I'm party? I'm pretty sure you did it first. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> mine's June and yours October. I'm pretty sure these went down the same year. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah but I didn't do it in our own home. No one had <laughs> thrown me a surprise party before or since. It was actually the only time it's ever been a surprise for me. Partially because I like to plan my own stuff out, right? Like. Oh, yeah, big plans. I always like to throw stuff together, at least somewhat, get people coming, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean. Mark the time. Mark the record. Spencer, <laughs> Spencer likes to put things together, make plans. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> loosely. But Yeah, I understand. I know. Date, time, place. I can get that. Yeah, you want to go bowling on your birthday. Everything else kind of comes together, whatever. whatever you want to go bowling on your birthday. I want to go bowling on my birthday. And I can't even remember. It was like weird circumstances, but you literally said, fuck it, dude, let's go bowling. That's right. I remember that clearly. You were like, ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. And I can't remember why or how or what like the circumstance was, but it was like, it wasn't really like a great time yeah. that we were in the middle of. That's right. We were in the middle of having kind of a bad time. <laughs> in fact, I don't remember the specifics of the bad time. I just remember it was like, a little bit fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was probably pissed off at something. I don't know. I don't remember. I feel like work was involved. Work had to be involved. Yeah. And you were just like, oh, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. And I was like, yeah, okay. That's a great idea. And we went to the local bowling alley. I don't know if I still worked there at that moment or at that time. Or if I had not yet. You or had if not I yet. Had, I had not yet. Okay. Well, that's... That's why it was a serene, wonderful place, that bowling alley. Yeah, I didn't hate it yet. And so I walked in... <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the lanes because that's what you do. You walk into a bowling alley and you just take the lanes in and you like look at who's rolling and you want to catch balls going down and you want to hear, uh, you want to hear that noise, you know, that you recognize when you walk into a bowling alley, that kind of shit. Right. And, uh, so I'm looking straight at the lanes and all of a sudden a bunch of motherfuckers walk out of like the arcade spot and they're like, yes, bros. It's just like, it's not a bunch of people. It's like seven of my close friends there in town and i was just like oh holy shit you, that's a bunch of people you got me yeah well seven is a bunch yeah well, I that's guess how that's it was like in our hat in the, the bungalow too biggest possible <laughs> bunch of bananas you can probably get is like seven <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it so it's technically exactly a bunch uh and yeah i was very impressed because nobody usually pulls like secrets or surprises on me you know i'm like i don't I didn't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't really think I'm an easy guy to fool or like sneak around, you know? Like, yeah. I usually hear about stuff. Or, and I'm not very sneaky. And I got ears to the ground type of thing. And I'm very clumsy. That's true. And, and so <laughs> I thought me being the last guy you could surprise 
in combination with you being the last gal to surprise me. I was very impressed overall with the whole thing. I was just like, oh my God, she pulled, she, I had no idea. Yeah, that really all came together. That was a good surprise party. It was just like spontaneous. Like the way you got me to the bowling alley just felt so spontaneous. Like so, well, fuck it. You know, like we're having a bad time right now. Like, you know, what would be good for you is just to go bowling. Yeah. And you brought me there. It just was so perfect. Like it wasn't like, huh, why are we going to the bowling alley? This is abnormal. It It was magic. It was so right. For that moment in time and like what was going on and everything. It was just like, oh yeah. But you know how I butcher movie quotes? Yeah. So I remember practicing saying, oh fuck it dude, let's go bowling. <laughs> I said it like 50 times that morning. <laughs> and you- so when I delivered the line, I gave a good smirk at the end because mm-hmm. I was so proud of myself for it. saying it right. And then I thought for sure that that smirk was going to be a giveaway. <laughs> Because I give away the surprise, too. I'm a surprise ruiner. (laughs) Well, that surprise was not ruined. It was pulled off flawlessly. Yeah, that was a great one. I love it. I loved it then, and I still love it, remembering it to to this day. Yeah, I loved my surprise party, too. It just took me a minute to understand what was happening. (laughs) Yeah, I I did see In my own home. The fear and horror in your eyes at the beginning. Yeah, uh, and I know you immediately were like, oh, shit. I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, but also, uh, you're welcome. Uh, I could see the scenes of scenes of the before time, like, running in your eyes. Like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, man. Like, I didn't mean to. But it was cool. It ended up being yeah. good. It ended up being all good. Everyone needs a good trigger once in a while. Oh, man. Well, uh, that brings us to the part where we got to figure out what next week's F tie is going to be. Although, let me just let me just take one more last peek. Sometimes people sneak these things in late. Nope, that's all of that's all of emails. It's all of our vocal mails. Well, C Dubs often suggests first time I ever topics. Like, um, first time I ever had an omelet was one of them. Oh, first time I ever got waxed. Hmm. First time I ever. Went to an outdoor movie. First time I ever Korean barbecued. That's all I've got uh, so far. Other than if you want to talk about like the first time you ever paid goofies or something. No, no, I've never paid goofies. You know yeah. that. That's You'd the have other to go guys. to the other guys. Yeah. Uh, I would say that I like the uh, outdoor movie. I like that one too. I like the outdoor movie right now. Yeah, so bowlers, you can call 816-607-3663 and talk about the first time you ever went to an outdoor movie. Now, Uh, tomorrow, any day till next Tuesday. That's right. The voicemail is always standing by. So now it's time for real to say. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. This young man in Illinois was enjoying a bowl before work. He works at a coffee shop. And then his dad came in, and his dad had a problem, like Shelly, a weed problem. You can't smoke weed before going into work? Son, I am disappointed. And the son's like, Dad, come on. They get into it. They start bickering about the weed. And his dad calls his son's work and says, I'm sorry, my son is not going to be able to work today because he's intoxicated. Oh, my God. So things are getting a little tense, you know? Man, don't you keep up with current events? Weed ain't illegal no more, nigga. They find themselves in the kitchen, and the 20-year-old grabs a kitchen knife, 
and stabs his dad in the left side. Man, that's not the way. To which all the dad could say was, Isaac just stabbed me. And the wife heard it from the other room, decided to call 911. Oh, my God. Older brother comes down, starts giving dad chest compressions, and uh, cops show up. 20-year-old has blood on his hands and clothes, and he says to the cops, I don't know why I did it. I'm a murderer. And his dad did later die from his injuries. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, this was the kid's first arrest ever. Just just an average 20-year-old. And this story is so fucking reefer madness over the top bullshit. I couldn't believe it. I had to throw it on the lanes. It couldn't go behind the curtain. No. Isn't this insane? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, wait, I stabbed my dad because I was high. I wasn't gonna stab my dad, but then I got high. You make weed look so uncool. Yeah, it's totally MK Ultra bullshit. I'm never, ever, ever gonna smoke weed again. Most people just smoke the pot and realize how much they love their dad. Uh, or like how yeah. great things are, how wonderful life is. Because you're in the world. I find it interesting that there's like a big gap in the story between like the dad calling the work and then the kid stabbing the dad. <laughs> I know. The, you know the kid wasn't even high at that point. It's like that really escalated. Yeah, I would say your high wore off right when your dad starts yelling at you about this exactly, shit. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Authority steps in, cold sober. Yeah. That's how it goes. You blink twice and go, God damn it. Yep. Ruined that. <laughs> but also, what else? You know, like, what else is this kid on? Mm. If anything, there's just too much here we have to fill in the blanks for. And it's just reefer madness. You know? Yeah. That's what it reminded me of more than anything. It was so gory. Yeah, I think that's uh, a little bit weird. I don't think this stuff is working. <laughs> Stories like that don't work on me. I just laugh about them and Ugh. put them on the lanes and imagine it in cartoon form for sure. Hey, no matter what you're smoking out there, kids, don't stab your dad. And no stabby. No stabby stabby. How about this? A 26-year-old guy is living with his mom, and... I don't know if he's paying rent. I hope he is. 26 years old is a little old to be living with your mom, dude. Yes. But anyway, you know, moms, we got to keep things in order. So one day she decides to go into his room when he's not there and clean it because it's a god-awful mess. I don't really like the idea of cleaning your kid's room no matter how old they are. I think that's their own responsibility that they should take on. And maybe this mother now agrees with me because after cleaning her son's room, you know what she found in there? Uh, no, what? A woman wrapped in plastic. Oh, that had such potential at the beginning. You're like a woman. I was like, oh, you're like wrapped in plastic. I was like, uh. Dead. Dead. Just to put the nail in that coffin. Literally. Yeah, they don't know how long that lady was in the room. (sighs) Dead or alive. That's nasty. They uh, haven't released her cause of death, and yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. Very bad. Don't hide bodies in your mom's house. Come on. You have to dispose of them properly. Not medical or legal advice. (laughs) This is a comedy podcast. 
But yeah, that's pretty gross. And the definite, for me, wow, never cleaning my kid's room. I'm you know? never gonna clean again. No, that's their Don't responsibility. Don't find the plastic bag woman. Seriously. <laughs> Tunta scribbles notes furiously. I bet. <laughs> Uh, fishing fishing's always nice and uh, the mayor of tampa went fishing with her family and had a great catch so great it caught national headlines you know what she reeled in what'd she reel in 70 pounds of cocaine whoa yeah that's right 70 pounds of blow what? Reeled in. What? That's like, what? That's got to be more than a million bucks worth. That's an amazing story, man. That's, that's cool as fuck. Incredible. I don't know what they did with it. I'm sure they uh, finger wag destroyed it one way or another, though. You know, I saw a picture post of it, though, which this creeps me out. The packages have butterflies on them. Like one sticker with a blue... To pink ombre oh. butterfly. Is it like that monkey banana kind of thing than uh, Super Troopers? <laughs> yeah, except for it's not fun and cartoonish. It's kind of uh, MK Ultra esque, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, it could put it could point to organized crime or it could point to bullshit hoaxes <laughs> stuff. Right. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. One what or the you, other. What do you think would be on a package of blowcane? Hmm. Either butterfly? way, not the greatest. Yeah, butterfly. A monarch butterfly, perhaps? over the rainbow. That's too obvious. Let's make it rainbow. Yeah. (laughs) Goofy. But I thought, hey, now that's a catch. Yeah. Talk about following the white rabbit. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, following something is what these hog hunters were doing when their dog fell into a sewage tank. In Texas. No, no. I mean, I guess originally they're probably following hogs, since they're hog hunters. But yeah, their dog fell into this tank and uh, couldn't get out. So one of them hopped down in there to save the dog, and then they couldn't get out. So another one uh, tried to get them out. Anyways, these three hog hunters end up in the tank with the dog. And guess what? What? None of them could get out. So they died. All of them. The whole lot. There's no doubt about it. They were going hog wild. Yeah. Sulfide, hydrogen sulfide gas. You know, that's the cause of death here. And I guess there was a lot of dead things in that tank before Uh, their dog and before them. Shit. Could have just been down a dog. Right. Now we're down three hog hunters. Hog story. Technically, it is a hog story. The first one we've had on the lanes, I think. Yeah. Even if it's a vicarious hog story, the hog never really actually entered the story, unfortunately for the crew there. That's right. If they had just seen a hog, man, then maybe they could have gotten distracted and been like, wow, look, a hog. Let's go hunt it so we can bring back a wonderful hog story. No. And so they died in the poo-poo. I like fresh air, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know. I love our dogs, but I'm not going into a sewage tank to rescue them. That's for friggin' sure. Yeah, I might uh, lower something down to try and grab them. (laughs) 
anything but me going down in there. It's called reach, throw, row, go with support. Yeah, and they didn't do any of those things. No, they went. They hopped in one after another. Never go. <sighs> it's a life-saving 101. Never go. And that's exactly why. <laughs> Never go to Antarctica. Why? Because... It's a psyop. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, maybe this is a psyop. You know how there's research teams down there? Uh, yeah, I've and read the, about them. The tundra or whatever, allegedly, as legend has it. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them cast a net and caught a new species with 20 arms. What? Yeah. This large underwater creature. The pro- <laughs> I'll try to say the scientific name. No, no. Promacocrinus fragarius. And if I cast a spell, I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> what they call it. It's a type of Antarctic feather star. Okay. Which we'll never see because we've never been to Antarctica. That's right. Uh, but this one specifically is known as the Antarctic strawberry feather star. And it can live anywhere between 65 to 6,500 feet underwater. And they've brought photos, their receipts. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, could be AI. <laughs> Uh, But in the photos, it shows that this creature has two types of appendages. It's got these lower, shorter arms that are kind of striped and bumpy. And then it's got these upper, long arms that are feathery and soft, which I guess is why they call it a feather star. Uh, They kept saying that the body looks like a strawberry. And I'm sorry, but when the arms are lifted up and you see the body of the thing, it looks like a face hugger from Alien. Yikes. That's it. End of story. It's a face hugger. It's underwater. Yep. 20 arms, man. 20 arms. New species. Crazy. I do have some good news for the lines tonight, though. Thank God. I was waiting. <laughs> oh, yeah. A new gray wolf pack has been found 200 miles south of California's nearest known pack. That's right. This pack of wolves is the furthest south pack that has been detected in a century by the southern Sierra Nevada mountains. Yeehaw! Yep. One of the wolves in the pack uh, had been tracked from Oregon, and then it crossed into California, I guess, a couple years ago. There's uh, at least five females in the pack, so it should be growing. It's not racist, it's tracked. Tracked. It's not racist, it's tracked. Mm, Yeah, tracking the wolves. Mm -hmm. Just like the rest of us. Gray wolves used to roam North America. All over the place. But then they got hunted and trapped and uh, driven out of the continental United States by the Uh, early 20th century. They get a bad rap on account of eating all the livestock. Yeah, well, you know, wolves are hungry too. Yeah. So maybe they'll make a comeback. Bellies maybe not. not. Just fill itself, you know. They are federally protected now, so that helps. Does help. Is it enforceable? I don't know, but you know, certainly if you kill a tracked one. Well, Trump's <laughs> state law, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, did you have a driving instructor? No. I mean, my oh. parents, but. No. 
Missouri, you don't have to do hours on the road with a stranger. No, I never had a guy with a brake on mm. his side in a car, no. Yeah. Well, this next story might be under the definition of irony in the dictionary. Oh? Because there is a Colorado driving instructor that had some sort of mishap in the parking lot and ended up plowing his car into the Learn to Drive Businesses building. Sounds like he could use a few sessions. There's a picture of the incident, and there's a sign that says, Learn to Drive. And (laughs) under that sign is a car smashed into the building. It's a work of art, really. Oh, the iron knee. Yeah. Well, there was only one minor injury, perhaps to a knee, perhaps not. And uh, the guy was cited for a traffic violation. (laughs) The instructor, mind you, the person that you pay to teach your child to get their license. Shit. All I can say in his defense is that the sign says, learn to drive, not learn to park. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my good God in heaven. Yeah. One guy might be glad that his cars were parked, though. In Finland, where he came to discover... 26 and a half pounds of dynamite in both of his vehicles. Boom, boom, boom. Shaking the room. Yeah. So he called authorities and come to find out one of his friends placed the dynamite there as a ha-ha funny joke. Oh, my favorite prank. The hide the dynamite in your buddy's car prank. Right. It's a classic. Yeah. Takes me right back to sophomore year. Ugh. You know, y'all get together with the guys and hide some dynamite in your friend's car. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, well, when the cops uh, followed the trail to their friend, he said, yeah, I put the explosives in his car August 3rd. But (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to blow him up, you know, it was just a joke. You know, you get your car, there's dynamite there. Ah. Uh See, it's real. Classic. It's real. That's funny. Isn't it funny? Nah, he'll be laughing in prison, I guess, because now he's facing two years. Prison or St. Lucia? That's a tough choice. I don't know the answer either, Uh, but St. Lucia is feeling like prison for these parents who thought giving birth on the beach would be the perfect Birth experience. Uh, Every mother's just searching for the perfect birth experience, I suppose. You know, the beach, it's like... Uh, There's other people there. In your imagination, it's a very sexy place. But in actuality, in execution, it's, it's, it's turns out it's quite gritty. Gritty's a good word for it, It's yeah. a gritty and damp place. Sand is a bitch. And it gets everywhere, in every crevice. On your newborn, especially. On your newborn. <laughs> Depending on the beach you're at, you know, it might be not the most pleasant aromas. Yeah, well, even that's if a good you're, point. You know, even before you get there and do whatever you're doing. So, yeah, that's got me scratching my head. It seems like a poor birth plan. Yeah, well, you know, the plan got even worse because when they were on the boat heading to St. Lucia... To have their uh, perfect birth on the beach. She actually went into labor on the boat. And she had the baby on the boat instead of being on the beach. That might be a mercy, actually. 
By the time they got to the island, yeah, right. You, know, you got your own private room. There's a bed. It's cool. This That's a dumb cool. place to keep bowls. But when they got to the island, uh, they took the newborn to the hospital to register her. And the nurse said, well, I'm sorry, because you didn't get here within 24 hours of the birth and you don't have a, a verified witness, we can't document your baby. And now she can't get a passport. And so we can't verify that it's actually your child and you will not be able to leave the island with her. What the fuck? And so these parents find themselves stuck on the island with their newborn. While their eight-year-old child is at home in England, now for four months. This sounds like a case of people with way too much money and not enough brains. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, darling, wouldn't it be ideal if we had on the island? The Isle of Lucia. What did you say, Lucia? Yeah, Lucia. Oh, that's how I say it. Lucia. <laughs> yeah. Let's cross international boundaries and don't have to have our child. Yes. Mm. Mm, wouldn't it be a delight? Mm. It sounds more like fucking retarded. Very fucking retarded. 4,000 miles away just to have the, uh, just to poop out your baby. I know you're half retarded. For you me. You brought this on yourself, man. The comfort I find in the perfect birth experience for me is being as close as possible to the bed I spend every night in because that is comfort and comfort is key. I mean, was the bitch not looking down watching between her legs? She didn't see it come out? This whole I don't have a witness thing? You can't be your own witness, I guess, to get official documents. Not the daddy either? (laughs) That's a good question. You know, I'm sure they've tried this angle. Not the captain of the boat? Right, or there had to be a nurse on board that delivered it, because these people seem like normies if they want to have a baby on a beach. DNA test? You would think. I mean, I feel like there's a very... There's like a plethora of ways we could solve this fucking thing, huh? Four months later, they haven't thought of it, so... Man. Maybe you can get in touch with them and help them out. I don't think these are some people that uh, can be reasoned with at all anyway, so. Yeah, because on top of not coming up with the answer, you know, they've got this national news headline with their story. So, and they're British. It's worth pointing out. Brits. Mm-hmm. And so, but their story is national news in America. Weird. Very weird. Sus. Vicious. Uh, makes my chin itchy, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I've got one final story for the Lillians tonight, uh, which comes from Austria, where a spider shut down a supermarket uh, because it happened to be an incredibly deadly spider known as the Brazilian wandering spider. It had wandered into a bunch of bananas in a banana box, mm. and someone recognized it because it's four inches long and black and red. Pretty distinct. Yeah. If it were to bite you, it could cause hypothermia, blurred vision, convulsions, and an erection that doesn't go away. I'll take one out of those four. Hilariously. (laughs) The venom. (laughs) The venom of this spider has been used to treat erectile dysfunction. I believe it, yeah. So the headlines read, Spider with erection-inducing bite shuts down Austrian supermarket. But the owners insist that the store is safe to reopen. Sure. You know, the store shut down for three days. They removed all the produce. They cleaned everything. They replaced the food. They didn't find the spider? 
There's no extra spiders. No. Damn. So it was uh, good to go, I'd say. And no boners were had. No boners were had. Except for in the bowl. Right. Well, you know. Speak for yourself, Brazil. Got some boners here. And uh, we got some bowlers here. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Thanks if you tuned in on Oster and were like, what the fuck is this? Where am I? What's going on here? Hey, you know, we're just doing new stuff all the time. Permissionless. I don't ask nobody if I can do this shit. I just go. That's all. That's all. And uh, we're going to be going again next week from the same spot up in the hot garage attic. In a little place in Massachusetts. So uh, you'll catch me next week. Still being Suspensa. Wolf of Kansas City, kid. And I'll always be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowlafterbowl.com. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowl. Yes. Yes. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. None of this is good. I mean, come on. It's never going to be anything interesting. It's true. So far tonight, I'm average. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. That guy's fucking right. Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Man, them studies. Ta-ta there, retard. Oh, you know what? You're fired, bud. I will be on top of it this whole time. Oh, my God, yes. Now, here I am at Fun Spot, busting my ass. Bowl after bowl. Dance and move your legs around. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.